Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wim Lu. Joining me on the program once again is producer and co-host Alex Wong. Alex, uh, you have just woken up from a uh, jet lag nap, and so I'm going to apologize to listeners in advance if your energy is lower than usual, but uh, how you doing, man? Oh, konnichiwa, my brother. I'm doing great, man. That, that, um, can't, be your, that can't be your new doubt, thing, man. Yeah, I feel like this is appropriation, so I apologize to all our Japanese listeners, but yeah, I just downloaded Duolingo today, started learning Japanese. Oh, so really? I'm going to be picking up more languages. Um, or more words uh, as we go. So That's operation cool, operation actually make an effort to learn more Japanese is, is underway. So did you understand, like, can you read Chinese at all? I can read Chinese. So like there is some okay, crossover yeah. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the Japanese characters, but obviously from a pronunciation and all that other stuff standpoint, it's, it's completely different. Right, but, right. Yeah, I right. learned today that Rice is Gohan, uh, the character in Dragon Ball. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So interesting. So, yeah. No, I don't know why I haven't gotten Duolingo for so long. Like I know a lot of people use it. It's super popular right now. And uh-huh. even after using it for a day, like taking a few lessons, uh, yeah, I realize why it's so popular. Like the the way they wow. structure the lessons, it's actually super useful. Uh, once again, not a paid advertisement. Just uh, just something in my personal life. Yeah. Um. You know, Duolingo also has podcasts too. What? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they have like a, you learn like an immersive kind of podcast. So I know I was doing this a little bit. I was listening to a couple of these when I was trying to learn, well, just improve my French because uh, mm. it has a lot of room for improvement. Um, and yeah, like you can listen to like Duolingo's podcasts for whichever language that you're trying to learn. And they'll kind of do like storytelling uh, with a mix of sort of English and then also whichever language you're trying to learn. So in this case, you could, uh, yeah, tap in, tap into podcast P with uh uh some japanese person whose name starts with p i don't know <laughs> what yo is that duolingo pod even charting man i i only listen to pods that chart man come on man if it's uh, where, if it's not where would if you it's even not find se- if it's not top seven like i'm not i'm not listening to it man. yeah um I, I i guess this is education let me look at the education let me see are the duolingo pod is are on you on, oh, Duoli- are you on huh? duolingo like no, not that? right now. No. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wish I was that dedicated to learning something new, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> Seems <laughs> like something that's like your speed because like you're such a cultured dude and stuff. Yeah, that's how I portray myself. Like seven languages, man. That's how I portray myself. But also in the off season, I have so much free time. So I just end up like loafing most of the time. So what, do I, what yeah. did I do? You know, speaking of Japanese things, I, I finally downloaded uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. Which is a uh, PS4 game. <laughs> why did yes. you say it in that voice, man? <laughs> why? Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, no, like, why did your voice change? <laughs> like, it's okay. It's... Yo, yo, Takashi's in for a ride today, man. This is a very Takashi specific pod so far, man. No, Takashi is wearing his Jalen Harris jersey, wiggling his toes in excitement of, of, of this very heavily Japanese episode, apparently. We Takashi... will talk about some basketball at some point, I promise. Yeah, lots of lots of basketball coming up. We're also, you know, friend of the program, Doug Smith, dropped a new Yield mailbag. So, you know, off-season is the time to experiment. So I thought, you know, I don't think Will has looked at the questions in Doug's Yield mailbag. So we're going to actually go through the questions and try to answer them as well. Very yeah, original I, idea of taking someone's mailbag. Many people do this. Yeah, shout out to uh, Stoughton, who used to always do this with uh Oh, yeah, Richard, that's right. Andrew Richard Stone. Griff. 
I still subscribe to his newsletter. I read his Jay stuff all the time. Yo, honestly, like uh, that that whole era of the score podcast when it was like uh, obviously the basketball Jones, but getting blank oh, was I their for- baseball. Oh, I one. forgot they were on the score. They were at the he was at the score. Yeah, yeah. Right? Drunk Jays oh. fans. Uh, backhand shelf. I didn't listen to that one as much. Only you know, no disrespect to our boy JB. Um, not Jalen Brown. We're talking about Justin Bourne, um, mm. who comes up right after us typically on, on the lineup. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't as big of a fan of hockey. But I understand backhand shelf was also a really good pod. Um, the football podcast that they were doing, I forget what the name of it was as well. But this is like yeah, 2012 Toronto sports podcasts. If you were like super early in on podcasts especially locally. I thought they had like the best like network going at that point. And so, yeah, shouts to Stone. Also, yeah. I looked it up. Uh, Duolingo French podcast is number six in uh, Canadian oh. ed- education podcast charts. Oh, yeah. so they are within the top seven range. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Spanish I'm is at nine. Duolingo Spanish is, is ninth. So, okay. Yeah. No, that's sick. Okay. Yeah. I-, I might look into it. I'm really, I am really I don't know if they have to... a Japanese one. I hope they do, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really also, trying to pick a up remarkable the amount, a remarkable amount of Jordan Peterson on this education. Oh, okay, okay, podcast that's, series, uh, but whatever. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a conversation that you can have with Jr. Manitad offline. So, I'm good. Yeah. So <laughs> why? Why? Why him? Um, I don't know, man. We should we should move on to mm. uh, we should stay on topic here. So so what what are we talking about today, producer? Why am I a producer? Man? That's <laughs> know, literally man. your job. I believe I believe you set the rundown for today. So right, right. So this is the rundown for today. All right. Mm-hmm. So coming up on this episode of the Raptor Show, this is legit Dragon Ball Z teasing the episode at the beginning, man. We we had the six minute mark of the episode. We're actually saying what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So coming up on Dragon Ball Z. So James Harden. All right. More James Harden stuff. We'll cover mm-hmm. that. We cover anything that happens with the Raptors. So this week, the only newsworthy thing is uh, Pascal shows up at a uh, at the Rico Hines run. All yeah, right. save save that for the yield. We can combine that with the yield mailbag. So if that comes okay. up, we can do the yield mailbag. Yeah. All right, yield mailbag uh, is the Raptors content this week. Thank you, thank you, uh, yeah. Toronto Star. Thank readers. you, the, thank you to the Dougie man, Dougie and the and the T Star readers. Yeah, no, appreciate. Honestly, it. when are we going to get Dougie on the podcast? Since he's so uh, uh, once again, as once again, as, available. As you said. Once again, he's Jeff Down Jr. in Toronto. Available. No shouts to Doug. Whenever you want Doug on, you should. We haven't had Doug on, right? So we never had Doug on. Canada yeah. um, basketball wins the DBB Super Cup. Okay, Big news. yeah, that's yeah. like the Carabao Cup of uh, FIBA. Yeah. You know, kind of amazingly, it's actually levels below the the Carabao Cup. Oh, right? okay. I won't have you disparage Carabao the the sport. Okay. The also, didn't like know Premier League was already back. Um, like don't. That's right. It's really weird. I think just between like you know like Champions League, FA Cup, like Carabao Cup, Mickey Mouse Cup, like all these cups. Like it just mm. seems like soccer legit is like a twelve month sport. Like I don't ever remember yeah, it being really- like not here. Well, they, they kind of jammed a lot of things together because of the pandemic. So, like, some of the schedule was kind of really squished. But, yeah, they always have, like, tons of tournaments. I do feel bad for some of the, the, the players because especially the top players who play for, like, pretty esteemed countries, like, mm. they're just playing all the time. It's like they have their whole season. They're playing in multiple different competitions. Uh, and then they take, like, two weeks off. And then it is, like, the Euros or the World Cup is on or they're playing Nations League, which is also kind of confusing to me. Uh, they've added that in now, too. So, 
Uh, anyway, so yeah, Canada basketball wins the DBB Super Cup, all right, defeating Germany in overtime. We'll talk about that. We'll talk mm. about Alex going to the National Bank Open. Uh, oh, the finale. yeah. Yeah. That was tennis. earlier today. Live tennis before. is sick. Yeah. So, so sick. You have to take a nap afterwards and then record this podcast. <laughs> Listen, uh, man, according to my therapist, I need to, my, my REM cycles are not right right now, but. Yeah, oh, we're. Why are you calling your REM cycles, man? I, I don't know. Not not a sleep expert. But Just yeah, say REM, on. man. Uh, Yo, no, honestly, man. REM sounds a, hard. You should, uh, yeah. Well, first off, you should uh, you should get a sleep watch. Or like one of those fitness tracking watches. Yeah, you should buy me one, man. Cover me. Why on would I have thing. to buy you one? <laughs> Just need you to start buying me stuff, man. Uh, um, well, that's fair. You have given me a lot of free stuff over the what years. What have I gotten you, though? No, man. I can't, I've gotten you one OVO hoodie. That, that, uh, no, you've gotten me two at this point, which I I strongly appreciate because I actually don't even know how you would go about you know purchasing OVO uh, gear. You just uh, go on OVOstore.com. That's it? Okay. Why do you think it's so... You can also go to Eat Center know, or any OVO location. I don't, think you're trying, I don't think you're trying to buy a $160 hoodie, though. Uh, No, unless it says yeah. Liverpool FC in the front. No. Um, yes. Also so, on the yeah. rundown, Alex also. attends uh, Jose Bautista's... Uh, yeah, uh, just a weekend of sports, know, man. Being yeah. unveiled at the... Uh, this, uh, what? The level of excellence? You know, yeah, I watched that of- as well. Yeah, level of excellence. You know, the amount yeah. of time we've done setting this up, we could have just started. Well, no, no, no. Listen, we need to let people know what's going on, all right? We got, uh, yeah. you know, me. I just went to see Rice Boy Sleeps at uh, Christy Pitts. Oh, uh, could not yo. get a good enough seat, so I actually couldn't see the subtitles. And so halfway what? through the movie, I had to leave. <laughs> okay, <laughs> man, we got to we gotta tap into that, man. You, all right. Get ready, get ready to learn how to describe a seating chart on a podcast, because how is that possible? There was a uh, lot of people at the park, all right? I was right. just going to say. Oh, yes. This was a park thing. This is an outdoor yes, thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, the okay. yield mailbag, as as mentioned. All right. We'll yeah, cover yield, that yield for some reason. We, we might need to move the yield mailbag up, but, you know, that, we'll that's see fine. That's fine. Yeah. We also have uh, a Pokemon question once again. Pokemon um, question. Yeah. Yep. Big teaser. Big Pokemon question coming up. All right, all right. Lots um, of big Pokemon news over the weekend, by the way. You know, it's the it was the the, the World Championships in uh in Japan. Uh, oh, like this a past real weekend. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, so, I should have stayed in Japan for that. Honestly, you probably should have. That was pretty hard. Yeah, because... instead of doing an eight minute intro to a pod. <laughs> oh, okay. <All laughs> yeah, right. we should. You know what? We should do these when we're back on two to three p.m. <laughs> uh, no, that's uh... imagine starting the first twenty minutes setting up the show. <laughs> listen they gave us a lot of leeway if we're gonna be completely fair they give us a lot of leeway and uh you know yeah we should have a producer named leeway man um uh, i actually had a when i was in high school i i had a bandmate in 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 high school band i played flute and um one of my bandmates uh was actually named leeway so shouts (laughs) shouts to leeway wherever you are we were an excellent band partnership Hope, uh, hope wherever you work, you got lots of leeway as well, man. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. no, not so much. In the band, it was very much like play the music on the sheet. Yeah. So there literally wasn't any leeway. Uh, and then finally, we are going to talk about uh, your upcoming book, Prehistoric. That's right. We're actually yeah. following through. You booked yourself for this episode. Um, and it's so, my job. Yeah. yeah, that's your job. And your other job is, you know, you're an esteemed author and uh, you have a book 
on the Raptors uh, coming out that you can pre-order. Yeah, starting, av- available for like, pre-order now. Now that you're listening, and um, right, just go go on Amazon Canada or, or any book sites. Check my pin tweet on X. Do we say X now instead of no Twitter? No one says X, so, bro. What are so you doing? I, I can't say that. Don't I give can't in. Be like, check out, check out. You know, hope everybody can repost it um and instead of retweeting it you know that's the one that really bothered me changing the retweets to reposts like what yeah. was the point of that um uh no anyways i don't, we'll, I don't we'll know talk- I, I just feel like they had like a really good like interface you know what i mean like there's just sure. like the whole system was like built around this bird idea and now it's just like this like really soulless app and it's also black and white too i clicked it accidentally today like just trying to call an uber and i accidentally opened up x which uh never oh, happened before when it was because of the confusing icon yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah. i can't even i just pulled open tweet deck like yesterday like tweet deck i guess it's just not the same anymore like i can't even Wait, use... but you're still using tweet deck yeah yeah i i was but now the the layout is all weird interesting yeah so i can't what are you using tweet deck for tweet deck was what i used always like i had all really? my lists lined up and stuff like it was very organized Bro, you know how serious you got to be on Twitter.com to, like, look at your timeline like it's, like, no, the, like tra- it's, the trading board? Like it's the Matrix. At the TSX? Man. No, but now I ever only ever use Twitter, like, I guess on my phone now. Yeah. And just browse around. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think I've sent a tweet in, like, 13 days. Um, Yo, I just feel like people in general are tweeting less. Maybe it's because, like, well, first off, like, a lot of our timeline is dom- dominated by, like, NBA accounts. Yeah. Uh, and obviously there's nothing going on, but like, I think also it just seems like a lot of people are just like using the for you tab. Like I find myself using that a lot more. And... Oh yeah. I think, I think we literally talked about this last time, so we cannot repeat this topic, man. Okay. Right. Right. But yeah. my, my point is like, I <laughs> We're literally don't even necessarily need right to now, see content <laughs> anymore. So yeah. If, if you're a Raptors fan, you know, just, uh, pick this book up, man. Honestly, like we'll talk about this more later, but it's, uh. It's a very informative and entertaining book about the the origin story of the Toronto Raptors. So, are, are you reading the the blurb that I wrote for you? <laughs> no, I I will be reading that later, probably. So, also, I All thought right. this was gonna be a one hour pod. This is lining up to be a three hour pod. Like, what's going on? Yo, honestly, all our pods are three hour pods, man. No, like, they're we, not. We, We've we done we one hour pods. Yeah, but people don't want that. People are always like, whoa, what a long pod. And then they come back to us and they're like, wow, I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah, they're like, wow, you guys are talking about being tired an hour in, but it's uh, the timestamp says three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Last one was That's... a struggle, man. I, re- You know, no disrespect to anyone who's ever gone to war, but I felt like I went to war. Okay. All right. Yeah. We just we don't need to do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're going too far, man. What are we doing? By the way, I saw a one-star review. I can't remember the episode, but apparently we made fun of people on the Titanic. Someone said that we were making light of the Titanic. Are we talking about like the the submersible thing that went that? Oh, Man, like, but like I, I was trying to remember because like usually I listen. To I don't. I don't even remember like, what I said on that. Yeah, to be honest. But I was trying to remember exactly what episode. But I guess it might have gone lost in one of those three-hour episodes. Yeah, I mean. Yes. So, so, anyways. So, uh, just right. like you know apologies sorry guys yeah no yeah. no like for real though like like a legit okay legit apology i feel like you've never given a genuine apology on it i don't know how much i want to apologize for that one but that's that's fine i mean it's unfortunate that they passed it was a very yeah. unfortunate way to this pass. is the most chaotic 15 minute start to a pod man yeah yeah let's actually start the pod so uh basketball wise <laughs> yo, 
<laughs> does 15 minutes on a pod to start one, man? Yo, our egos need to get checked, man. Uh, yeah, I know, but... This is not good. At... Okay, okay. Yeah. I think this is what happens when you run the show. Like, things get twisted. <laughs> oh, is it? Like, is, I don't is know. J- Was it like this when I interviewed <laughs> Tristan? It wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Is, is JR going to come out and talk, talk about Riz for five minutes? Like... Bro, that you know that made his life, man. You know how happy he was with that. Oh man, you know what I mean. It's like it's like how like at in like 2015, like Dwayne Casey, no matter what, ran the first like four possessions for JV to you know touch the ball in the post because it's like, I, you know, like obviously JV wasn't a star player, but you know you got to keep you got you got to feed the big man. In this case, you got to feed the little man in Jr. So <laughs> no, it's got calling him a little man too, man. Hey, this guy, this guy has to edit a pod and hear all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Jer, by the way. He, upcoming vacation for him, well deserved. Oh uh, man, he's going to be touring. Uh, he? He's going to be touring Europe, bro. Talk to your coworkers. Man. Oh no. Oh, I talk to talk your coworkers who are your friends. Nah, man. If we did a Sportsnet hoop grids, you wouldn't even be able to fill in nine <laughs> employees, man. <laughs> The rarity score is going to be so low. <laughs> By the way, to continue the chaos, I don't see any like sound levels moving on this Zencaster, but it is recording, right? No, it's recording. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, re- relax, man. We're, we're good, no, bro. I'm stressed out right now, man. I'm off <laughs> yeah, this just... jet lag. Um, all right, man. We're, we're, we're officially starting the pod. Yeah, we're officially starting. So hello and yeah. welcome. Yeah. Okay. Let's... Uh... Let's uh here. Let me grab the ball here. Let's um. Yeah. yeah. What, what Raptors? Show, what Raptors topics do we have, brother? We have uh. So Pascal Siakam uh, has reportedly shown up at the Rico Hines run. Um. I know there was concerns because Pascal hasn't really been around the team in the off season, mm. uh, which I think is just objectively true. Like, didn't go to Vegas explicitly because his name was in trade rumors, and it would have been too kind of a very awkward situation if he was traded while in Vegas. Uh. So he avoided that. Um. You know, then obviously he's been training in Orlando. He took the trip to Salzburg uh, to um, visit the Red Bull Academy and the headquarters. Obviously, he's a Red Bull athlete. And honestly, the content looks really cool. Whenever he goes out there, I'm like, that looks really fun. Like, he's just like either like training on the soccer pitch or like he's, you know, playing basketball and he's like really rustic gyms. So he anyway, so he, he was taking that trip. And then, yeah, now he's, you know, a typical fashion he, he's at the rico hines runs and so i i don't think there's video on this just yet like i haven't seen anything from like rico's channel or like ball is life is typically like the two places you would find these rico hines runs um but you haven't seen the video of it but uh some reporters have been out there and they have wrote about how i mean it was just like a passing note in their notebook there was like yeah pascal was on a team with like grady dick and i don't even know who else is on the team scotty whoever else mcdaniels i don't know but anyway he, he is now officially back with the group and the team so take with that what you will uh i don't know do you what's your what's your level of care on this do you care uh, man this is the most august discussion ever man um <laughs> yeah i mean I, I don't know man let's uh <laughs> like i have nothing I have nothing to add to this specific thing. Like we do this, we do this whole pod for the for an ad for your book, man. Pascal Pascal's been a regular, at, obviously, at these Rico Hines runs. So I guess it's not yeah. a surprise. No, it's not a surprise at all. This is his so typical. Thing. I don't yeah. think either way it, it like speaks to anything. Yeah, and it, you know, and I still feel like they're gonna be trading Pascal. Um, you know, whether it's before the season or during the season, like. 
Mm. I'm I'm pretty convinced they're heading for a split. All right. So, because they it, haven't. I mean, my my evidence is just they haven't offered him the extension. Yeah, I agree. They, when they it's keep... been clear that Pascal, like every report, every headline, I say is like Pascal wants to stay in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So the the disconnect there is is concerning to me. I agree. Um, I agree. And if you want more Raptors topics, um, we, we can get into the yield mailbag right now. Oh, okay. Because these right. are these are all Raptors topics. Yeah, please, please run the show, bro. Run we're gonna need, we're gonna need Jr. to piece this together somehow, so the James Harden discussion is at the end. <laughs> Yo, when you get to the James Harden discussion, just listen at two times speed. <laughs> this would have been no, no. We're not gonna get him to move it around. We'll be fine. Like, listen to this podcast. No, like no, no. How we'll be fine. Kanye West and Twista made slow jams. All right. The Kanye no, no, parts no. will just be your usual, like <laughs> one, one point two, you know, like regular podcast listening speed, and then the James Harden part is the Twistiverse. All right, just no, just man, put it not, at three points. We're 3. not moving things speed. around, so they would have heard Harden already. <laughs> yo, why you? Yo, what's going on? Man? This what? might be this might be a classic, man. Okay, first question. Uh-oh. These are all from from Doug Smith of the Toronto Star from his column. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say they're not from Doug, uh, all right? Let's yeah, be yeah. Clear. So these are they're these are questions Doug. from from listeners. Uh, the first one I believe we covered already, but is it said? Uh, I was wondering if you see it even slightly concerning that Pascal is not part of the Raptors UCLA runs this summer. I'm not sure if it's simply contractual obligations to Red Bull, or could we read more into it? So. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's there. Yeah, and... we've we've tackled that one. Uh, next yeah. one is Pascal related as well. Uh, hey, Doug, greetings from Canada's East. Thanks for giving us content in the Canada's dog days. East. What man? East where? Like... No, this is Matthew in Halifax. Um, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. hey, Doug, greetings from Canada's uh, East. Thanks for giving us content in the dog days of summer hmm. for Raptors addicts. My question today is about the nuance of quote unquote insiders. Hmm. They always seem to have an inside scoop which suggests people inside organizations have some level of relationships with them. I question if they have any respect for them or use them to get <laughs> messages out. This week, Shams um, had the world aggregating the story of Toronto rejecting an offer for DeAndre Hunter and AJ Griffin for Pascal. But even an armchair GM like me knows that, number one, the CBA rejects that deal because it's about $20 million light. Um, on salary on Atlanta side, and two, adding that salary from Atlanta would mean Capella, Bogdan Badanovich, or Dejounte Murray hugely changing the deal. Highlighting the question: Are the Masai's and Bobbies of the world forever laughing at these professional insiders, or are Shams Woj gathering leaked info from junior executives trying to become relevant in the NBA? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, first off, yeah, like that that trade would need more pieces and. Um, I mean, look, listen, like there's certain guys in that trade that can't like, for example, Murray wouldn't be able to get aggregate into that trade. Um, he just signed that extension this offseason. Uh, Bogdanovich, I think he's not available to be traded until September, I believe. Um, you could do a Capella thing. I feel like there's a three way possibility. Then you loop in the Mavericks who have been interested in Capella. Um, so there are different frameworks. And again, like, I don't think Shams is like reporting like the full trade, all the details, you know, it was sort of just like, here are the principal characters. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, who really knows uh, where all the sources are coming from? Um, I would say that uh, 
all cards on the table like i i'm not experienced enough in this information game where it's like i know exactly who where everyone gets all their information from i don't I even think that's remotely close for me um i would just say in my experience though that like you definitely will hear stuff but like you hear stuff it's like you can hear whatever but unless you get it straight from the source or you get it directly from people involved or you run it by both parties so that you actually know it's a real thing. Like you, you can end up jumping a lot on information that is not really true, uh, or that betrays your sources, or that it just kind of passes off. It passes off like you heard something and then you went up to report it, even though you didn't actually have the actual clout or not clout, but the reach to like actually access the people directly involved um, for validity, or at least even one of the parties involved for validity. So. I think that's where you got to be a little bit more careful. Obviously, a guy like Shams, though, like he's definitely very tapped in. I think for a lot of like news breaking nowadays, like it's like directly given to you. You know what I mean? It's not like Shams is like snooping around and has all this like. Well, well I mean, again, I who knows what his specific process is, but like a lot of the times, it's like agencies or like agents will have a conversation with you, or they will even come to you with information purposefully to when you're on Shams's level, and so you know. You can have that. You can have like rival GMs who are trying to make a trade happen. Like Atlanta is definitely trying to make a trade happen. They could push, you know, outwardly in that situation. Uh, this one, I don't necessarily think so, just because like they're in that would imply that their own, they're like implicating their own players in that, like, hey, you're on the trading block. Like that's not as like, I don't know. Like typically you would have offers leaked from the receiving team who's receiving that offer rather than the offering team. But in any case, like, yeah, uh, who really knows where all the information comes from? Um, I do think that there's, like, definitely over the last, like, maybe, like, two or three years, there's been a lot more, like, awareness as to, like, how information is disseminated. I also think that, like, I mean, you see it sometimes where it's, like, guys will tweet out some transactions and then they'll say, like, according to, like, Jason Glushon of Glushon Sports Entertainment. Like, all right. Like, at that point, it's, like, you know exactly, like, where it's directly fed from. Hey, is that a real name? <laughs> yeah. Jason Glushon, he he signed the the he did the uh, Jalen Brown deal, I think. That's a hard name, man. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah you're yeah. talking you're talking about when they do the reporting and they give credit to the agency and the agent. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. name drops like that, man. I yeah. mean, seventy percent of them is Rich Paul. Well, yeah, like yeah, Rich exactly. Paul has signed another eighty million dollar deal. But I, th- I think also at the same time, like there are definitely like junior executives or even just like people who work in, a, in, in, in the organization that might have some tangential information um, that you can try to pass along. Again, like the issue there is just like it's not as solid like as if you are getting it from like directly from the player's agent or directly from the management team or directly from the player. You know, it could be friends and family as well. So like, again, like the further you are from like the actual directly the people involved, like the more you really would have to like really hammer in the details like i think a lot of times you might hear about something from like the outer circle and then you try to go to the inner circle to to validate that information that's that's by my experience but again this is not really my area of expertise at all like if i was then i think you know i don't know i'd probably be doing the same job but maybe better yeah no um great answer man went over the word count i believe with yeah, the yeah. response there to, to, to I, i've question. read some ye old mailbags I, I don't think doug would have typed out uh, 400 words for for that that question yeah but it is only, inter- it's a very good question though shouts to um the east of canada yeah so next one is uh hi doug hope you had a great long weekend as a longtime reader and occasional question asker i was well floored by your response in the last mailbag 
about why Kawhi Leonard left the Raptors for the Clippers. You wrote, quote, there were reports of inducements to his family and friends that I believe were uh, fully believe were offered by the Clippers, uh, end quote. This would seem at a glance to be in a contravention of the NBA cap guidelines mm. and probably a number of rules in the CBA. If the suspicion is so strong that a longtime sports reporter believes it, would it not at least merit an investigation by the NBA? I don't recall such a thing happening. So this is like in reference with like all the side deals that I got, uh, I guess, Uncle Dennis received. Yeah, there was the like there's like private plane access, you know, stuff like that. Maybe like houses. I mean, again, these are all kind of rumored speculation. It does sound quite likely, quite frankly. I mean, I think, look, if you were going to play everything by the letter of the law, I, you probably would investigate this. I think the Raptors would probably need to raise up like a, a stink, make a stink, essentially, you know, complain to the league. Uh, maybe even other teams sort of complain to the league. Other teams, like let's say, for example, like the Lakers, for example, were also involved in wanting to sign Kawhi that summer. Like now they're like, hey, well, we couldn't sign Kawhi because, you know, you know, this team was not playing, you know, the Clippers were playing outside the rules. Like you, you have enough of like, uh, I guess, you know, pressure from the rest of the league and then maybe or rest of the teams in the league. But I mean, I don't get the sense that that necessarily happened to that degree. Uh, and also, I also think that like, not to say that you you don't want to know how the sausage is made, but I, I feel like this kind of stuff is probably more common than what we kind of expect. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I do feel like there is definitely the CBA and it's definitely there for like, you know, trying to keep the everything on the level playing field, but that's just not how like high levels of business to me are done. Maybe I just watched too much succession, but like, you know, this... <laughs> It's not it's not as cut and dried most times, you know what I mean? So I'm sure these kind of little maneuvers happen all the time. Um, obviously, for the top-level players, I'm sure, you know, tampering, you know, the fixing the housing market really only happens for Daryl Morey. Typically, guys up there, you know, Daniel House's uh, level won't get these kind of inducements. But, yeah, like, I'm sure there is a level of that kind of to essentially, like, you know, greasing the wheel that, that happens uh, in, in other situations too and so therefore at like maybe teams don't want to raise a stink because you know not to say they're all in on it but everyone knows how the game is played but i think the Kawhi one is probably especially ski uh is, is especially suspicious yeah i guess my my question would be you know if if those side deals could have brought them back should should we have done it I mean, that's not how the, anything like that was going to work, right? That, I think that's probably part of the complaint. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, the Clippers lose some more draft picks? They literally don't have any <laughs> because of this trade. So <laughs> I just wish I Kawhi know. was still here. Um, so uh, next question. This is a three-part question. So You don't we'll think we offered them. him any inducements? I don't know. I feel like the Raptors probably just drew the line. It was like, we're mm. not that type of organization. To which I ask, should you be that type of organization? Um, I mean, you know, if you want to play the game, if you want to yeah. be in the race, you got to play the game. That's what I'm so, saying. Wow, that's yeah. a that's a quote from The Wire, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Three-part question. First part, aside from a new head coach, we have a new lineup of assistant coaches. How would mm. you rate this group? Any standouts among them? Uh, I have talked to two of them. Uh, that was the summer league. I talked to Joe Delaney which you can listen to the interview with Joe uh, on this podcast. And then I look, talk to obviously Jama as well. Um, I think Jama is a great hire. Absolutely. Um, 
Joe gave me great positive vibes. So definitely want to, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think I, I literally just became aware of him and, and just met him in, in this sort of process. So it's more of a first impression, but it was a strong first impression. I thought he was very positive, very bright, um, you know, giving a lot of energy. Some of the other guys, um, I don't know. It, the, I, I guess we we really will have no idea until we actually see it. And even if the team is successful, it doesn't necessarily mean that the coaching staff has been doing a great job. Or if the team is terrible, it doesn't necessarily mean that the coaching staff has done a, a horrible job. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they want to change the culture. Uh, I think they want to bring in a lot more positivity. Um, maybe probably a smaller staff helps too, because the staff got really unruly last year um, in terms of just total numbers. Also, I don't think Nick was doing a, a good job at all of shepherding that group. So a lot of it does come down to the leader, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I suppose that's my big answer. I mean, who really knows what all the assistant coaches do, especially because the Raptors are very, very tight lipped about, you know, how that division of labor even uh, happens. You know, like, again, I remember trying to ask Joe like four or five different ways in terms of like, what kind of tactics you're going to play, what kind of role responsibilities each of the coaches is going to have. And uh, yeah, these guys are all very good at media training. Yeah, how are you enjoying um, these questions? These are very different questions from the ones that we get. Yeah, yeah. No one has asked Doug Smith uh, to, to 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 compare Grady Dick to a Pokemon yet. So yeah, or like, please compare every player on the Raptors roster to a different dumpling. <laughs> we might need to send those in. Uh, next up, much has been written about the Raptors shooting woes. Otto Porter Jr. was supposed to be part of that answer last year but he did not play much due to injury. He is not even mentioned in any stories about the coming year. Assuming mm. he is healthy, do you think he will be part of the second unit or will he be relegated to playing the last few minutes of a blowout game? Yeah, I mean, I think if he's healthy and available, he should be part of the second unit. Like, he's he's good enough to, to definitely contribute on that front. Um, obviously, the, the his availability is going to be tricky. But yeah, even in like the eight games that we saw with Otto in the lineup last year, I thought he, he did well. And I enjoyed all the minutes that he played. He's got enough size. I mean, we'll see how he looks off of injury. But, you know, he's got a lot of experience, obviously, adapting from playing, uh, well, playing after a long t- layoff. So we'll see. But, you know, decent defender, strong rebounder for his position, always has been um, and reliable three-point shooter. Doesn't force his offense, doesn't really, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. He's he's not like too involved. He knows exactly what his role is and what his lane is. And when he's healthy, like he's a positive contributor. So I'm just hoping he stays healthy. It looks like he's healthy. He's training with the team right now. That that's good. Well, I now I, I need to see this Rico Hines footage expeditiously, man. Yeah, I need Paul George go there again. Tell him that they're gonna start eight and two this year. He's gonna. That's I'm gonna a... be disappointed, you guys, if you guys don't you know get off to the gate strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we're under the podcast p curse man i i know i know p i'm disappointed oh man oh next one i don't know if you 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 have the option to skip this next one Mm. um what's your assessment of this year's blue jays at times they're as infuriating to watch as last year's raptors the sum of the parts doesn't quite add up to all the individual talent on the team all right so this was actually a good time to ask me this because this was the week i tapped into blue jays baseball so I probably saw parts of like four games this week. Yeah. Um. So my impression of the team is just like, this is clearly a team that can definitely hit, but they just haven't hit, especially with runners in scoring position. Um. From the five minutes I've listened to of Jay's Talk Plus when I trolled Blake uh, at the office last Friday, 
when I was mm. doing my interview with Tristan Forbes, uh, which you can go listen to on this program. Yeah, check that out. Great pod. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> it means a lot is insane. <laughs> I mean, I still got to get to that Orrin Weisfeld, Lee Ben Osmond one before I leave a one-star review. <laughs> That one we better about, be good, bro. We're, we're talking about pool. <laughs> we're not talking. <laughs> no, man. We're you not talking cues a, and sticks. These guys were having a pool party, man. Yo, they were literally having a pool. I party. don't even know how that ki- how that topic would come up, but I guess I'll listen. Uh, we're talking about like that, the little like motels that they were staying at and stuff. Okay, but that doesn't mean you have to talk about urine. Okay, that's different. That's different. Okay, right. anyways. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, like the, the Jays have this like really terrible record with like runners in scoring position. And like from all I understand of baseball, it's just like it's really the game of like, you know, um, like things will come up to the averages. And like f- if they do that and we know this team could definitely have there's a lot of hitting talent on this team. Like if they start to hit well, like this team can really get on, you know, um, a role here and and I, it's, it's a dangerous team that you wouldn't want to face in some sort of like wild card situation but uh yeah like i don't know i, I still like the team uh I, I like a lot of the players on the team i thought the the bautista ceremony was really classy and well done you know maybe we'll just pivot there uh i flip it on you questioner but uh you know you were in attendance for bautista's um ceremony which what did you think i honestly i was kind of teary-eyed watching it at home man I don't know. There was something about watching Adam Lynn walk out in 2023. I was like, damn. I was like, is that Marco Scudero? Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah, like shout, it hit me right in the feels, man. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Ali Khan for, for, for the hookups on, on the tickets. You know, was able, was able to bring front of the program, you know, my, my nephew, Henry, um, to, to the <laughs> ceremony. I know he's listening right now. Um, told me that no, we're at that not. time. Yeah, you know, well, my I think my sister let, make, forces him to to listen at the same time as they do. So uh, he told me a ratata is a rat, I guess, in Pokemon. Yeah, I did. I did follow up. I'm like, that's it. Um, so yeah, no, the ceremony, the ceremony was great. Like it was a sold out crowd, and you could feel the energy in there. And and you mm-hmm. know, like 2015 when the when the bat flip happened. Um, wildly was you know already eight years ago like almost yeah. a decade and like the team has turned over so much now and and I think a lot of people are frustrated at the team because they're just chasing that feeling of that 2015 team when when they went on a crazy run the last two months of the season and gone to the playoffs but yeah the ceremony was good the only weird thing was so like John Gibbons you know the former manager he was like yep. a fan favorite here yeah. He received the loudest ovation, uh, louder than any ovation that Bautista received during the ceremony. It was louder than Cito Gaston, who came up right behind him yeah. in the introductions. And I'm like, yo, like, come on. I, I, I know baseball like, fans love a, like, you know, little relatable manager type, you know, which which John Gibbons John Gibbons was. definitely gives off the, the vibe of, like, he's sitting on the patio in one of those, like, Canada deck chairs. Right, right. Muskoka chairs, yeah. He, he, which he I, a Muskoka I, I, chair holding, yeah. like, a nice cold beer kind of situation. Yeah, like, which he, hits he gives a, off which, that exact vibe. It, it hits a certain demographic, right? Yeah. And, and it hits so hard. Like, I could not believe it. Like, no ovation during the ceremony for Jose Bautista topped the one when they brought John Gibbons out, which is wild to me. It is kind of wild to me. And again, it was louder than Cito Gaston, who literally managed the team to their only two World Series titles. And he was up next. Like, I think Cito Gaston was right after John Gibbons. No, I think the overall thing was really well done. I think I think I kind of forget too. Oh, yeah. Maybe I maybe I never knew that like Jose Bautista is actually really shy, like in these public like speaking spaces. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't even do his speech, right? He like pre-recorded it 
So then he but was yo, able to, to just be more comfortable. I don't know what it was like in the arena for it, but mm-hmm. like watching it at home. So he was like, you know, I'm going to do it my own way. And then he like started watch like the, you know, the, the, the video recording of him thanking everybody. But then they also had like a split screen uh, where you could see Jose watching his own video and he's crying to his own video, which I was like, that's hard. Yeah, that, that is, is hard. hard. That's like that's like me listening to this pod and start tearing up. <laughs> Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he had he had the sunglasses uh available. Um mm. first off, that shirt, very tight shirt. Like very, very tight shirt. Like yeah, he looked yeah, like I he, don't, I, yeah, he, I don't want to like don't wanna, walked off the set of a telenovela, all right? Like <laughs> I don't want to disrespect the bat flip king, but like, man, um No, like, he was about to be um, a button flip king if he if he st- if he stretches st- arms. Man. Yeah, stylus needed. Yeah, stylus needed. But listen, man, it's his day. He can wear what he wants, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing the extra small. It is what it is. He, he, he uh, should have just showed up in a full kit, man, like a full baseball uniform. Oh, like, that would have been sick. With the bat. <laughs> That would have been sick, man. Yeah. You know what I really wanted because I, I think that that was the game that the Jays lost five four, but there mm-hmm. was a chance where I was like, if some, if like I don't know, the Jays could have. I guess theoretically they could have walked it off. Uh, they had an opportunity to to win the game in the ni- bottom of the ninth. Oh, you wanted it someone was like, to bat flip? Yes, I wanted someone mm-hmm. to bat flip in front of, and I really wanted it to be Vladdy too. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this regardless. guy wanted Santiago Espinal. To hit an infield single for the win and flip. I want to see bat. a bat flip for an infield single, man. That might be the first. <laughs> Yo, I uh, want to see a back back flip bunt from Dalton Varsho, man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, know I didn't realize how small Dar- Dalton Varsho was too. He he looked real like he, I don't know. He looked like he had the body of a catcher. I don't know. Yeah, he he might be a short king, man. What is he? Kind he of old? is a short. He's Yo, like a short stocky right? king. We doing right to Ricky Sanchez. Spoilers: James Harden segment might be moved to the end. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, we're not moving that. <laughs> we might have to move it. If you really I listen th- to that first, I think it's a smoother start to go from our 18 minute intro to to Yo Mailbag. <laughs> mm. No, the um, Yo Mailbag right now is definitely the number one segment. All right, so we might need to we might need start to move dish. Harden. We are, and then now we're doing Jay's Talk Plus cosplay no we do a chase talk minus at this point right? Yo, this is wild i haven't talked about anybody's woba or uh, woba Yo, all right we, we, why is this guy talking woba or boba man? that's our new segment <laughs> woba oh. or boba oh, oh man this weekend Yo, show hey otani please give us a one-star review um, don't enough man, is don't. enough uh, enough is enough no but the so- ceremony was great Somebody um, was amazing, man. No, it's I, had, one of those, I, I loved it, yeah. like the random guys they pulled out, and I'm like, oh, it's, that's that's Ryan Goins. Like, no, it was actually a, a very random list of people. Like outside of yes. like obviously like an Edwin and Carnacion. Um but yeah, I mean hard. like guys like Adam Lynn, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like you know Justin Smoke. Like I guess, oh yeah, Smoke on the Water, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was hard. Another to, guy like, with the Gibby get, vibe, TM. Yeah, and then like. Yeah, it was a random list, but it, yeah, no, it was really well done. Um, it was cool to be there. Like I was in the building for the bat flip game, so mm, it wow. was. Um, yeah, shouts to Dan Toman's brother, Chris Toman. You know, me and him mm. were working for Vice Sports at the time, right? Um, R.I.P. Yeah, so I mean, the bat flip game. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a top two. Yo, I was that's at the score office all time. I'm moment, telling you, right? man, nobody else was covering any other vertical. We were literally just all watching the TV. We saw that celebration happen, and then the MLB team had to immediately go to work on, you know, their stories or whatever. But that was oh, uh, actually so. Oh, also, Russell Martin was there. Shout out to Russell Martin, man. Oh, yeah. Russell Martin right. is, like, how, one how, of the coolest baseball players I watched. Like, yeah, how, how he, he just had, like, it? incredible energy. Like, his aura, his swag, his riz, whatever you want to call it, like, was was very strong. 
Yeah. No, the 2015 Jays had Riz. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they had a sweat. A- yeah, I just I love that team, man. I think that's what this team is missing right now, man. Is Riz Hit, hitting? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Riz? hitting. Uh, oh. Yeah, hitting, and then Riz. Yo, they should no, have a stat. Have, if, they should have a stat called Riz. Riz Yo, does imagine, sound like a, a fangraph stat. Yeah, like imagine Riz plus. <laughs> like you know, thought he has a Riz plus of like one hundred three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We might be on to something. Oh, yo. yo, the co- uh, the combination oh. of a broken rundown and the fact that it's past midnight. Oh, Woba man. or Boba is yo, sick, man. Yeah, this was, is, dude, we got to do this more often, man. Yeah, no, but dude, also, I, I fist, this is all we do. Well, no, I just meant like this. A this direct deposit hits doing. every two weeks for this chat. Uh, yeah, somehow, incredibly. Yeah. Again, people give us five stars, but like, um, yeah. I I also thought about it. And I was like. Will any raptor get that level of like uh, pomp and circumstance? You know, okay, like, so yeah. All right, first yeah. take, first take. Um, oh, okay. so so let's play it out. Like if 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 say like the raptors at the exact same type of ceremony, like level of excellence. It, it basically, Kyle. Let's like this will be Kyle. I when think we Kyle gets Kyle's this. Jersey. Okay, so let's say Kyle is like the bar, right? Because Kyle will obviously get uh, a monster ovation. Mm-hmm. So so now I'm gonna throw other players at you. You tell me if they get the same ovation as Kyle or more or less. Okay, um, okay. Let, let, let we got uh, one game. I'm gonna build. A, I'm gonna have a second game on this. But yeah, go oh ahead. no, man. Yo, we really play games, man. <laughs> what are we doing, man? <laughs> we games hard. All right, keep Yo, on. We, we more games than Squid. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh. Damar. More, less, or same S- as Kyle? So honestly, it'll feel the same. It'll feel the same. And you it's, think it's, it's on it's that deserved. level? Like, I, I think Kyle gets a little bit more. I don't know. I think it's I think it's like equivalent. Like if if it's like a one A one B situation. Do you think the city loved those two the same? The city loved them like Demar Derozan. Yeah, yeah. You really think it's equal? I don't know. I, I think, think it's the also because Demar's such a lovable dude, man. Championship puts Kyle over the top. I feel like. I agree. No, I agree. But I think okay, the love for Demar is okay, was so already Demar, maxed you're out. saying same. Yeah, I okay, think it's actually Demar's the same. same. Uh, Kawhi. Oh man, what kind of ovation does Kawhi get? You know, like he's still a legend in this city. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, it's gonna be a step below. It's gonna be a step below. I agree. E- even though, even though he did so much, and he obviously did more towards yeah. the Raptors championship than any other player ever. Uh, but yeah, it'll Kawhi's, be a step Kawhi's below. like Kawhi's like as a Raptors fan, it's like someone you dated. It wasn't someone that you married and settled down with long term. You know, like like he yeah, was he, part he, of your life for one year, and it was a special year. Yeah, Kawhi got, Kawhi's got your heart, but Kawhi doesn't have your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> By the way, yo mailbag for those following along is currently on pause. Oh, um, yeah, we, sorry, we, yeah. We got we'll, a we'll get back to, to the mailbag. Yeah, we're, we're getting back to our own content. <laughs> um, okay, let's see who else. Um, next, I'm going to go uh, Serge Ibaka. I mean... I think Serge actually gets a mod. Like Serge we saw the ovation, amazing, we saw yeah. the ovation he got at the WNBA game. Yeah, um, and that was like, awesome. So spontaneous too, because I don't think people were expecting Serge to show up. Yeah, except and for Jordy, yeah, who, who who told me three days before you. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> yo, flexing on that is so funny. <laughs> cool. We should have a cool. segment called Jordy told me. <laughs> okay, Shams Wong. <laughs> yo, that's insane. When Serge Adrian went to Wong, Wong <laughs> Yo, no, please, man. 
Yo, that's Look, I'm bragging about knowing that Surge was in the know. building, man. I don't know why that sounds racist. Right oh Yo, my twist, god. Twisting Woj's name sounds so racist. Man. Nah, you Wong Chodorowski to me, man. Yo, that's so... Yo, you can't even slur your tongue properly for that one. You're you a Waitian for me now, man. Yo, that's wild. Surge, I think, surprisingly, will get like a top three ovation. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, Nick Nurse. Yeah... Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a it, it'll be a nice ovation. He deserves it, but but you, but you think I, it's it, it won't be nothing crazy. You think it's it won't like be nothing timid. crazy? But that's the championship coach, though. Even setting aside like how things ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's it's the coach, man. Like Fine. he doesn't does you? I, I don't think, for example, Nick Nurse has that that, that John Gibbons swag. You know? No, that's that's fair. Um, okay, so this is like ten years from now or twenty years from now or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh Masai. Masai, Masai got yeah yeah Masai is gonna get a crazy ovation. It'll it'll be similar to Kyle? Kyle's. Similar. No, there'll be less than Kyle because I don't think like any executive should be applauded to the degree of the players. But yeah, but it'll be saying, one B. We're saying right like, now that Kyle's getting the biggest ovation. Like louder, louder ovation for for Masai or for Kawhi. Oh, I think it's gonna be Masai. For some reason, I feel like Masai's ovation will just be longer. Kawhi's ovation might be louder, but it'll be like 20 seconds. I want to hear... Yeah, I want to see Kawhi do a speech. Let's retire Kawhi's his jersey so that I can hear his... speech, his, man. I just, want him, I just want to hear him do a speech. He's never. He's not going to do a speech, man. He barely even uh-huh. talked when he was here. <laughs> like, how That's long fair. was his... How long was his parade speech, man? Well, he was like, you know, enjoy the moment and have fun with it. Ha ha ha. He like talked as if he won a championship separately from us, man. He's, he's like, like, enjoy yeah. your championship and scan this new balance QR code. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember he airdropped those things? Oh, yeah. He airdropped. Yo. Everything in uh, sports is so funny. Who else, man? That's, uh, Bobby. that's why I believe. That's why I believe all these rumors about Kawhi oh, and whatever he was asking for in these negotiations. <laughs> Yo, should have given it all. He gives off strong scammer energy, even though um, it's actually the real deal. Um. So, uh, how about our boy Bobby Webster? I feel like he uh, just got a. It got to be like a Messiah and Bobby come out together. Mm, just get that joint ovation. That's a little awkward. That's a little awkward. You don't think? so? I mean. I, I think Bobby is going to get a great ovation, you know, when we link up with him for the legendary team dinner. That's going to happen before this ceremony happens. You know, he's in Toronto. Right. Go to a, one of our favorite restaurants in the city that we won't reveal what it is. So one of three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can guess. It's pretty easy <laughs> and, to find uh, us. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Just post up uh, at any Asian restaurant uh, between Bathurst and uh, Bay. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild, man. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like he'll get a great ovation there. But I mean, in the actual arena, it'll be a nice, like you know, yay. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. All right, that's that's enough of my game. What's right. what's your game? This is my game. Okay, so let's say okay. Kyle Lowry's in the retirement. First off, actually, I think there is a question to be asked: like, can the rap? Will when it comes time for the Raptors to do this, are mm. they going to pull off the same kind of thing? Because to me, the, the the level of standard is like has been set like what they did for jose was so beautiful and the preparation and the whole day that went into it was so good that like yeah. if i'm the raptors i'm starting at that and then trying to take it to a different level but right. regardless we'll see if they actually invest that level of resources into that because obviously the blue jays are i think probably the most well invested into team out of all the teams here in toronto um but I, i'm also a casual fan so maybe if i'm wrong about that i'm sorry but 
um anyway like if it was kyle in that in that situation i, I want to know which random teammates kyle lowry brings out because you know like oh, who is the man. who's the raptors ryan goins that's going to come out of that yeah. tunnel so let's do let's do a, a like a top five okay so let like, me get a let me get a marco scudero Okay, Marco Scudero. Hold that on, was hard man. when he pulled out Marco Scudero. Yeah. I was yo, like, this yo. Is, yo, this is like kind of like a basketball reference game, man. Because I gotta remember, yo, this is legit a hoop grid. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Give me the Raptors, doing? Marco Scudero, man. Yo, this is hard, man. Like, I would want someone like a Chuck Hayes to show up. Yeah, I was gonna say Landry Fields. Okay, Landry Fields is a good one. Yeah. So Landry okay. Fields. Landry Chuck Fields Hayes. coming out for luck. So who's Adam Lind? So. Offense, yeah. Yo, you adding so many elements to this game. Now we're doing comps. He had a platoon. Now we're doing who, who's the Adam Lynn of the 2012-13 Raptors, man? This cannot be the number one show, man. Deactivate. Uh, and and um, yeah, we are. And yeah, no, we are. I'm, I'm gonna need you. I might need you to just pull up that roster, man. Okay, so like, like we need to find a deep cut. Raptors like equivalent of Adam Lynn. I feel like would be like a is is it disrespectful to say JV? Yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like, like JV, JV was better than Adam. JV Lynn, had a but... bigger impact than than that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like Amir I, I also don't I also don't know if we're, I, I, we're the experts of comparing Adam Lynn and JV, man. <laughs> I mean, JV had more his Riz Plus was higher. I agree, like, yeah. Like, like JV had Riz. Yeah. Uh, JV also, well, he no had a very 30, particular no Riz. No 38 year old man should be on a pod talking about Riz Plus, man. Well, you're like, almost 39, so <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of self evaluation going on. Uh, I, was, I was with friend of the program Tom Henry the other day. I was like, you know what? Like, I was like, he's around the same age as me. I'm yeah. like, everybody always be calling us old, but like, we're just in our 30s, anyways. Um, that sounds like a conversation two guys who are 39 <laughs> yeah. would say. Yeah, after having two old fashions at comedy bar, ye um, old fashions. <laughs> yo, yo, come on. Man. Yo, I can't tell. This this is either a classic or a dud. Man. No, it's a there's, it's, there's it's no a Jared Dudley, man. Yo, there's no in between. This is actually the most chaotic episode I've ever been a part of. All right, let, let's just say Adam Lynn is JV. All right, okay, um, okay. So so we've got Chuck Hayes, Landry Fields, and and JV showing up right now. Ed, Edwin Canasian will be easy. I think that's Demar. Right, like the right. co-star for that era. No, like yeah. Demar has to be there. Like that's the one yeah, yeah. guy. Oh, you know he's gonna be there. Yeah, 100%. yeah. That's the one guy who who has to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you know they they you know they had like a random you know they had like first base coach, third base coach, like a lot of coaches. Right, right. Were there for Jose Bautista too. So I think like a uh, Jim Sand. Yeah, I think maybe oh Jim Sand's got to be there. Sand. Yeah, so yeah, we've yeah. got a Jim Sand. Uh, TV then, Tom Sterner. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. And then it'll yeah. be. You know, obviously, you know, shouts to Hazel May. Instead of Hazel, I'm guessing it'll be Matt Devlin, right? It'll definitely be, well, it'll be Devlin or, or or Jonesy, one of those two. Right, right, Devlin or yeah. Jonesy. Yeah. And um, don't forget, Jonesy to... was speaking Serbian at the Dark Oppressor. So yeah, so was Masai. Um, oh, no, Masai was saying <laughs> Yujeriakovic, which Masai... I think is even worse than Wong Jarowski. But... <laughs> Yo, Wong Jarowski is so wild. I cannot process it. <laughs> it's it's genuinely and, flagrant. And, and you know, after moments, about to add you with a with a face blend of me and Woj. Yo, you don't understand, man. The the amount of files that Raptors Yo, moments has on me as a person is kind of scary, man. Woj is gonna be wearing a speed hat. 
It's <laughs> oh, yeah. gonna be the yo. blend. Yo, Raptors moments, Mr. Moments, take that right now, man. Stop Woj, the pot and make it. Woj gonna be standing outside Hong Shi with a speed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing, man? Oh man. Oh man. Alright, once we move the James Harden segment, which we're teasing very hard to the end, I mm. think this is gonna be a sick part. Bro, why are you um, trying to make JR do work at two AM in the morning? No, right. no, no, no. In retrospect, the James Harden segment sticks out like a sore thumb as the first thing to jump into. Yeah. yeah we, like we don't we don't live. Maybe I'll just add I'll just add I'll add a disclaimer that it'll get better from here. No, no, no. Let's just chop the James Harden segment up and, and move it. Um, All right. So, yeah. okay. So, but then we got to unveil a mural too, because you saw that they unveiled yes. a mural yeah. uh, downtown. Um, so what, what image are they going to use of Kyle for this mural? Yeah. So that's the, that's a big question. I think, um, man, I don't know. Does any come to mind for you? I mean, so the I, joke I, one is him calling between George Hill's legs, but obviously that's not happening. You can draw that yourself. You can doodle that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to draw it on a piece of paper. <laughs> you can find it outside Hong Shing. Nah, you got to stick it on the window of a monkey sushi. You just gonna... <laughs> but what's like, what's Kyle's like iconic okay. like photo? I like when he, I, I like when he is holding the game ball. Um, mm. After either a winning the championship or even after when he when they clinched the the conference finals, okay, I and like they went the conference finals win. So he's got two hands over the ball. He's wearing one of the championship or like the whatever conference hat, and yeah. he's there's just like an image of him grinning like that. Like I feel like that's really strong. Okay, I like that. Oh, what about? Yeah. I guess you don't want other people in it because I'm thinking about like it was really iconic when like him and Masai embraced. I like after, that too. But like, I like that too. But like, I feel like even as as a respect thing, it should only be Kyle. Because you it could should think only of, be Kyle, yeah. but Kyle is such a collaborative talent, though. You know, what I mean, he's always like no, letting other right. guys in. So I actually we, wouldn't mind if he paint, How about we paint the five guys who led that fourth quarter comeback? So the four other guys with Kyle, the guys who came back from thirty down against Dallas. I'll give you five so, bucks if you if you can name the other four guys right now. Uh, uh, Rondé. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Boucher. Yeah, yeah. I know Malcolm Miller was out there, but not hitting shots. <laughs> yeah he was and he got pulled with like four minutes left oh man i've never no, i don't want five bucks man this is too hard for five bucks. <laughs> i, don't I just want five i just remember the offer was for five dollars man what kind of yield offer is this <laughs> you can buy a yo hot dog with this that, guy man. said i'll cover half of it that'll cover half of your shipping <laughs> For the for the Man City team viewer kit. No. Um, well, first off, that's the United kit, all right? Oh, yeah, United. You, you offended, bad. like, three teams by saying oh, my this. Bad, my bad. Uh, um, yeah, I can't name the it other was, guys. It was, it was Terrence Davis. It was Terrence Davis. Oh, okay. That's yeah. that's why I for, forgot about him. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, that's exactly yeah, I one. don't know. It's There's no, like, one single. Because, obviously, you know, Kawhi, it's just a shot. You know, him, like, you know, crouched down. Is that mural still on Queen? Uh no. Uh, last time I walked by, it's been uh it's it's gone. It's Why? been painted over with like a beer ad. What? Yeah, like it's gone. <laughs> like it's no longer yeah, with us. That's actually that's actually heartbreaking. No, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I, I've yeah, been saying this for a while, but I feel like we need more physical spaces in Toronto that look distinct and also permanently yeah. distinct. Well, we need to talk so, to Olivia Chow, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. I yeah. mean, I mean. 
Honestly, you think yeah. she's accessible? You think we could we could probably get her? On. <laughs> is, is she with the Doug Smith reach? Is <laughs> yeah. she, she within the Alex Wong wingspan? Is <laughs> that what you're telling I, me? I feel like we could get Olivia Chow, but probably only for twelve minutes. Yeah. Um, and I have to pre-send twelve questions. Yeah. So I was at the uh, I was at I was watching like um, just the the T Twenty cricket events that were taking place in Brampton like two weeks ago now, right? And Randomly, I was there in one of the matches, uh, I think between Surrey and Vancouver were the two teams competing, mm. I believe. Um, and it was like probably four o'clock in the afternoon. And Olivia Chow just randomly showed up and threw a whole bunch of jerseys into the crowd. And she got mobbed by people. Well, I think mostly just trying to get the jerseys more than anything else. But uh, it was a very random place for her to show up. So yeah, shouts, I, to, I, shouts to Olivia Chow. I've, I've, I've biked on Dundas and she was like in front of me. And oh, then, what? Yeah, and then she just... <laughs> You're going to be like, invite me to the pod. Come on the <laughs> <Yeah>. pod. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, she also showed Do up... Do you when have I a to USB a... microphone? <laughs> she, also, she, also, she also showed up to a, a Scarborough Shooting Stars game. When, when oh, I okay. There, and she was like courtside talking to fans and stuff. Wow. Shout out to my Scarborough Shooting Stars, new CBL champs. Yeah, name one guy on the team. Congrats to Cat, Cat Barber and the crew. So Is he on the team? Yeah, man. I mean, oh, okay. All right. Sorry, so sorry. I, re- I remember oh, Cat Barber. My bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry. I got to put some respect in your game. Literally, his name is an occupation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'd be taking my cat to the barber. I legit. Like, <laughs> no, but like, that's wild. Um, yeah. Getting yeah, that lines how, cut. I don't know how we got to. Oh, you said we need more spaces. Yes. Yeah. yeah we just need more spaces for that. Like, I, I think yes. the, like I want to see that like Bautista like mural like untouched. Just leave it on that building. Don't demolish. Yeah, I think the that's. Building. I think that's a there. permanent. I think that's going to be yeah. a permanent. one. But like the Kawhi shot should be permanent somewhere. And yeah, I'm gonna be, like, when I go you know for I mean? a like, walk this like, week. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna double check. I'm gonna take a photo for you of of what it is now. But it's just an ad. Yeah. That's so sad to me, man. Yeah, because I don't think that was ever obviously like an official. Bro, if you want to do a cool ad, just paint like a Michelob Ultra over the basketball or something. You know, Kawhi just taking a shot of Michelob Ultra. I believe that that was the original mural. Like the mural, like already had ads underneath it. Like it was like a shared space. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like having it's like having Spotify, like not premium, and you have to listen to an ad. No, but I. That's what I'm saying. These like actual seminal, like legacy defining moments should be downloaded Mm -hmm. as MP3s on your like hard drive. Like I've always, I've always maintained that like around the city and it doesn't have to be like giant murals but like i've always maintained that everyone from that like 2019 team should have a little bit of something like yeah like maybe like you know surge obviously huge connections with rosan and these other play maybe around there he can mm-hmm. have his own small like illustration mural or something like that and like well, just around honestly, the city it's like it's like um it's kind of like an easter egg thing like you come to toronto you yeah. can see these things um so when I when my when we first emigrated to Canada in 2000, one of the things my mom really liked about the city was they were doing this campaign, which I, apparently in hindsight was controversial. I looked it up recently, but they just had like these like uh, themed moose like around the city. Oh, so okay. it was specifically the year 2000. I think Mel Laspin was like the mayor, and apparently it was sort of like I don't know he was doing this gimmick kind of thing. But mm. my mom really loved it. It was like you'd go to different neighborhoods and they would each have like a uh, like a thematic uh moose for that neighborhood so like it, it you know for in little italy it'll have like a italian kind of design i remember we would go to chinatown all the time downtown and there were a couple of like chinese mooses you know like with like the you know the chinese coins or like the the long wispy mustaches you know like and it, it was kind of cool just kind of to signify like the different areas of where you were in 
And yeah, like I think you could essentially do the same thing, but for those twenty nineteen Raptors. Well, where would you put Malcolm Miller, man? What what um, what uh, GTA in, neighborhood is, is Malcolm Miller going to be found in? Yeah, like, inside the locker room. Okay, no, at, Jeff Jeff down OV- Jeff down painting it right now as we speak. <laughs> no, at OVO. Oh, you made that joke, not me. Um, at OVO Athletic Center. Yeah, yeah. I think that Jeff, should be Jeff's like a, there, man. A default. Yo, who do you think's um, at OVO more, Jeff or or Jim Sand? Um, I'm gonna have to say Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want. <laughs> I want you to interview Jeff. Wait, did you interview Jeff last year or no? No, no, I didn't. Okay, okay. So but we can we can make it happen. That... He's he's again within the Alex Wong. Yeah, yeah. Band. He's within the reach, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like he's above mm-hmm. Olivia Chow in terms of like easy, easy to book. I, I, I would yeah, hope who's... Jeff Down is yeah. easier to book than the mayor. Yeah, first just, first take topic. Just to be clear, actually, I don't know. Depends on which PR. Anyways, um, yeah, who's harder to book, Jeff Down Jr. or Olivia Chow? Do we have connections inside City Hall? We'll, we'll, you know, we'll find um, out. I don't know. I think, I think Mark Savell's wife works there. I don't know. We'll find that, out. That's a hell of a connection. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Um. A- anyway, back to Yield yes. Mailbag because we're talking. Oh, back to the mailbag. back to the Yield. Uh, next question. Hey Doug, okay. you, you know summer's ending when the X starts up again. Um, this is really the discrepancy between oh. the difference in audiences is so funny. When you said the X goes up, I was like, what? Who's <laughs> yeah, throwing no, up the X, man? No, this is not a. What divorce is this joke. wrestling? <laughs> this is not a divorce joke. Um, I also notice um, our the hours of daylight shrinking. Um, yes, this and, is and, what happens every year. I don't, what are yo, we describing please, here, man? Please, yo, info at SteamaLeBron.com. Please, someone write me write me an email better than this. Write me a question better than this. Um, and we find out who's playing who on Christmas in the NBA. Um, now on to the... These are the markers the, of the seasons of now, change? Now on to the questions. Um, shouts to Bernie. Do you think Bernie has ever heard of the Raptors show? I want to know the crossover. Yeah. Between ye old uh, readers mm. and and Raptor show, do you think there's, there's probably some crossover? decent crossover? There probably is some say, decent crossover. I would say twenty percent. They probably heard us on the radio. Oh yeah, oh, and then turned it I, off. You know, um, yeah, AM. Oh, actually, these are very specific Doug questions, so we actually have to move. No, on no, let me answer them as Doug, please. Oh my God! Under what kind of circumstances would a story of yours get pulled or stopped from going to press, as it were? How often du- does it happen? I'm Doug Smith. That never happens to me. Yeah, his actual answer. I haven't had a story spiked, but it would be for some egregious factual error or some slanderous statement. Um, yeah. Second, how often does an athlete or team approach you wanting you to write something or get the word out? Or do things never work out like that? I would say it depends on the circumstance, but it, it happens. Yeah, his his answer. I've had players or agents or coaches say, "Hey, this is going on. You should look into it." But it doesn't happen often. Maybe once or twice a season. Yeah. So sounds about right. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I'm tapped in. I'm tapped into Doug. Yeah, great. Uh, great Doug cosplay there. <laughs> this next question is an entire question. Yo, how many baseball. questions are this damn mailbag? So we're gonna move on. What are you working too hard right now? Um, no, I just mean like I'm surprised. I've never read this many words in his yeah. mailbag before. Uh, next one, we just have a few more left here. Okay, a uh, few next, more. Damn, I thought yeah, it was the next, last one. Next one, have you ever been to the Basketball Hall of Fame? If so, what were your impressions? Uh, I have not been to the Basketball Hall of Fame. I almost but went I also, for for Yao Ming's. Yeah, 
Yo, that would have been sick. That yeah. was a couple years ago, right? It was Yao Ming, Allen Iverson, and Shaq. Right? Yeah, I was living in New York at That's the time. That's a great Actually, one. There were a few guys in New York who were driving or making the trip to, to Springfield and invited me to go, but I couldn't go because I think my family was coming into New York that weekend. Right. But otherwise, okay. I would have gone, and I feel like that would have been, like, special to be there. Man. Yeah. my The only thing is just, like, I wish, I, and I know this, like, historical significance of why it's there, right? but, like, I wish it was in a bigger city that was, like, easier to get to. Yeah, that's fair. That's, like, but you can, you can get there and, like, Bro, you can go to the Spending. Hockey Hall of Fame, like in, right beside Scotiabank. <laughs> hockey Hall of Fame is yeah, it's literally on Front Street. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it should be like in like on Fifth Avenue in, in in New York. You know. Yeah, this guy said put the Basketball Hall of Fame on Fifth Ave next Yo. to the Louis Vuitton store. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go to a Lego yeah. store. I want to hit up the MoMA, and then I want to go to the Basketball Yo, Hall of Fame. This guy said I want to see Louis Vuitton MoMA and Tiny Archibald. <laughs> What are we doing, man? What kind of trip is this? Oh, did I'm you watch see Sterling um, Cooper, Japer Price, man? <laughs> did you watch the uh, Hall of Fame induction speeches this past? No, not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, I, you I haven't had, checked had a it busy out. Busy weekend, yeah. Not, not but I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll check. I'll, have you? What you, you were listening to the Dirk speeches and Dwayne Wade speeches? Uh, I mean, I watched the whole Dwayne Wade one. It was twenty five minutes, but it was really well done. Yeah, he like brought his dad up at the end too. Like, oh, I stage. saw that. Yo, his dad looks really young. Yeah, and then he like yeah. spent five minutes like showing love to to Allen Iverson, um, yeah. who was on stage. Allen Iverson showed up in a jersey suit, a jersey blazer, like a blazer I, I, with yeah. D Wade stitched on the back. I think it's actually really sweet that there's so much universal respect for Allen Iverson in, in today's generation. Yeah, because like, the respect is like reciprocated. Like AI exactly. always shows love too, right? AI also leg- legitimately is one of the coolest players ever, man. Like even I own AI jersey, you know. Yeah, probably bootleg, but let's not uh, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> Does it matter? The love is the same. <laughs> the love is not the same when you pay twenty dollars versus one hundred and seventy. <laughs> Does the money go to AI himself? <laughs> I don't know, but that's not. Anyways, <laughs> right. our bootleg jerseys, Riz. Yeah. Uh, so, no, yeah. actually, hard no. No, like I was even thinking. My, 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 my favorite yeah. bootleg jerseys are the ones where the lettering is way too small. And I'm like, yeah. guys. But by the way, like, I don't know. I that's feel like so I'm, easily I'm, spotable, man. No, I've had this rant before. But like the bootleg jerseys are out of control. Like even at the Jays game on the weekend. Like it's just the bootleg jerseys. Like they're everywhere. Like everybody mm. wears a bootleg. I mean, and and like you mentioned, the lettering is what like you bring it up. Like the lettering is how you're able to tell, right? I mean, it's a, it's a shirt that's like a, like it's been pressed. Like it's not you know it's not that special. The markup is incredible for those. Do you so wear I, bootleg soccer kits? Uh, no, not for like. Liverpool. Do you have a bootleg? No, actually, Liverpool. no. Actually, no. No, I don't. I don't. So I don't, you the... you you respect soccer jerseys more than you respect basketball jerseys, is what you're saying. Yeah, actually, absolutely. Because you could wear a soccer jersey like a t-shirt. I can only wear basketball jerseys to play basketball or yeah. to the beach. Yeah, but you don't own a bootleg soccer kit. Like, I feel like that says something. Um, As you know, th- there is one kit I wear that just says King on it, and it has seven on the back and uh, like a Thailand kind of like logo oh, yeah. or that's, whatever. That's, a, so. that's an SVP special, right? That's an that's a, that's a SVP special. But that's not so. a fake jersey. I mean. Like, it's, it's a real it's, produced jersey. It's a fake for all intents and purposes. It's not trying to be like a different jersey, right. but but you have no yeah. problem owning like four bootleg Demar jerseys. <laughs> just just, just <laughs> two. Relax. Just yeah, two. But a sala, you wouldn't want that to be the lettering to be messed up. 
No, I need that to be printed. <laughs> yeah, so I need that to be printed. I don't know. Pool. What does that say Little about pew. your? What does that say about your love of the game? Yeah. Um, I, I have, I've been very open with this. I love I love soccer a lot more than I love basketball. <laughs> do you really though? For real? You yeah, think? man. Really? Yeah. If no, you were offered real. to do a Liverpool show tomorrow, like oh, I, guess I don't I know should if, like, ask content you on wise. Air, no, I, I, no, no, I don't think content wise it's the same. But my love, yeah. pure love for the two sports, I do love soccer more. But it's like a, it's it's not just like a, it's it's also partly nostalgic too. Like it's the yeah. first sport, like you know, like ever played. It's it's the sport yeah. that my you know my dad loves the most. It's one of our big bonds together. Like what's going to top that with basketball, man? Yeah, as much I as wish, I love basketball, yeah. you know. I wish I had a bond with my dad. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> just like in golf, general, man, relax. Just you like, guys have golf. No, that's a forced bond. Um, you guys so, have, yeah. oh, by, Actually, by I was going to say something else so problematic, <laughs> no, but I'm please not going to say yeah. it. By the way, shouts to uh, shouts to listener Robert. Um, I don't know if you remember he he was at the live show, um, mm. you know, with Bobby Webster, and he was uh, generously donated money to the Ailani School personally. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so he listened to the last podcast when we discussed um you know uh messi's uh you know current run with what's the club miami fc fc miami uh, uh, fc messi oh real miami um and <laughs> Re- then yeah and um how like you wanted to spend a thousand dollars hypothetically yeah for for tickets so he actually texted me and, and offered to get you tickets so it's uh, up to you if you want to accept the offer. The, the actually, answer is yes, my friend. He actually texted and offered both of us tickets. And I was like, oh, please just get it for Will because no, I will not what? appreciate this. I do How not want you... anyone spending money on you me. You of all people to, to, wouldn't to want to go to a clout event, which is what a messy football no, match would be. I, I think I would give that MLS. ticket. If someone got me that ticket, I would give it away. I would Are give it serious? to like Sahal or something. Yeah. Okay, that's very generous of you, and I know Sahal's, you know, yeah, unless jumping Sahal's for joy busy, in his uh, Honda Sahal, CRV. No, unless Sahal is busy that week because he's got three New York Jets podcasts backed up <laughs> that he's got to get to, so that he can't make a soccer game, yeah. or maybe even no, Faisal he, or something. Yeah, yeah, I know Faisal's down bad that you didn't offer it to Faisal, man. But. Yeah. But Faisal, yeah. Faisal doesn't listen. You know, so. that's very generous of you. Because again, like I said, it's like watching Michael Jordan in town, you know? like No, but like, I would not appreciate it. I could just right. watch TFC versus like New York Red Bull. I'll be it's fine. not going to hit the same, I promise you. I I guarantee yeah. you it will not hit the same. I just, I just would not appreciate Messi. Like, I understand his stature. Like, okay. I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the same comparison for you. Like if you got to watch like Barry Bonds at his prime, I don't think you would. have I would have loved it. to see that. I mean, All he would have right. just I been guess walked three have, times. You would have given away that ticket then, is what you're saying? No, man. To see another fellow big head king. Yeah. Anyways, well, um, you know, Robert generously offered it, so I told him. Yeah, hundred percent. Just put Robert, you guys in go. touch. You guys should chat and stuff. Uh, okay, so let's do it. When yeah. it, whenever he uh, Messi comes here, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. And then I will find a way to raffle off. I guess if I get a ticket, I'll just raffle it. Yo, I legit, it'll be harder to get the messy ticket in Toronto than it was to get the Errors Tour ticket in Toronto. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Almost messaged Ali Khan about that one. What? Because <laughs> it's a Sky, it's a Roger Center event. I'm oh, it sure is? they're connected to that. Yeah. Well, also, well, the Jose Bautista. Bat- <laughs> no comment. Is there uh, not <laughs> someone in OMP we could talk to? Uh, I only know one. Um, the uh, yeah, the Jose Bautista bat flip bobblehead was was very coveted, mm. and and lineups were starting at like ten in the morning. 
right on on the day of the game but yeah uh, my nephew did not want to line up so mm-hmm. so we didn't get the bobblehead but then i asked someone in the jays and was able to secure one so yeah i, I come on man I, I, there was no suspense of that story for me because i know no, how but, you operate man but i want him to just learn a life lesson one time that like you actually have to line up like a civilian to get what you want like i feel it's... like they're being spoiled like too much now they're 100 percent getting spoiled again yeah, you got them courtside f- tickets courtside access to the raptors bucks game which oh I believe yeah, yeah. Was Shots the one raptors where... pr yeah my favorite pr in, in, in the world yeah, yeah and Giannis adenakumpo came out dribbled and warmed up right in front of them like within five meters yeah and he just wanted and to he... play nintendo switch with you and yeah. legit he was like yo let me show me your blaziken and i'm like all right man yeah it's different um, for these kids no he so. said ratata um, <laughs> he, he definitely wasn't showing him no ratata, man. Yeah. Um, why Why do you say it normal? That's uh, weird. Um, I mean, it, some people also say ratata. Yeah, like a frittata. What? Tillman like frittata. frittata. Yeah, like a yeah. Tillman ratata. <laughs> Tillman ratata okay. is hard. I love that. Yeah, They're literally mail- Team Rocket, so. Yield mailbag. Actually, you didn't understand that, but people who, who like Pokemon did. Oh, by the way, let's just get to my Pokemon question since I'm back producing. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, that, that's part of the so, Pokemon old mailbag. Just say hi, Doug, and then ask your yeah, question, please. Um, no, no, we're not doing that. Why are you making me cosplay? <laughs> we cosplay pro- your old mailbag, too, man. Every production decision has been way off. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so my, my nephew was watching like a bunch. He just likes to go on YouTube and just pull up like people talking about Pokemon. Bro, it's like the these... same as me. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm also in this um, demographic. So, so just I two ratatas here. Um, so who's his one... favorite? You know what? Next time, I actually ask him who's his favorite Pokemon YouTube yeah, career. Or maybe yeah. I should just put you guys in a chat. Like he uses no, no, Facebook don't, don't, Messenger. Don't. Yeah. What? He's a He's child. the only reason I'm on Facebook Messenger. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Why, why um, does anyways. he get on WhatsApp like an adult? <laughs> Every two weeks, he's like, can I please have this Blue Jays giveaway? I'm like, I can only ask nine times a year, please. Um, So, yeah. So, he was on this channel and, he like, this guy was doing Pokemon trivia. So, like, okay. just basic trivia stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one of the questions was, like, because the main character in Pokemon, his name's Ash, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they were like. Oh, it used to be. I mean, uh, they essentially <laughs> ran with Ash for, like, honestly, 20 years. Okay. And then finally, they've like phased him off for this generation, and they have some other guys. But yeah, okay. Ash is the guy. So yeah. basically, he was Dirk Nowitzki, and now they have Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, That's not bad. So, so Ash, they were like, who was Ash's chief rival? Like, I guess, like yeah. in the early season, and, and Gary. The, yeah, it's this guy named Gary Oak. Yeah, like what kind of name is that? What is he? An American import? Like, you're telling me the show that you guys all stand, all these damn cards and games, the rival's name is Gary Oak? Like, I'm, and I'm supposed to take Pokemon yeah. seriously? I'm are you dying, kidding man. me? Give me, the scouting, give me the scouting report for this Gary Oak. This is a Raptors Oak. podcast, man. <laughs> what is Gary Oak doing, man? Holy, all right. Wow, Jr. You're, I'm gonna text Jr. right now and tell him you're not getting this pod at 1 a.m. because it's 12:57 <laughs> and we're talking about Gary Oak, man. <laughs> tell oh, him it's man. an upload for tomorrow morning. Don't worry. Yeah, pod is delayed. Uh, this pod is running long. Um, if yeah, it might be 2 a.m. at the earliest. <laughs> All right, just just tell him to deal with it tomorrow morning. 
Okay, all right. <clears throat> so Gary Oak. So his backstory is so um, the every, so every generation of Pokemon has a professor. Okay. Yes. You're essentially supposed to play as a child, and you're supposed to help the professor research his area. Right. Um, so the first area is just Professor Oak, and he is both in like the the anime or the the TV show or in the video game. It's all the kind of the same thing. Um, he starts starts you off with like a Pokemon, and um, in the actual storyline of like the I don't know the TV show, uh, Ash wakes up late, so he doesn't get any of the three starters you're supposed to get. And he ends up getting Pikachu. And uh, Gary is Professor Oak's grandson. I can't can't stop laughing. This guy's name is Gary. Why is it so funny? His name's Gary, man. (laughs) But, like, why is his name Gary? Isn't he supposed to be Japanese? (laughs) Okay. No, but he's just Gary Oak. What did you want his name to be, man? Takeshi? (laughs) No, but this is wild. The biggest rival to the main character is Gary Oak. Yeah. I and he's like this like keener. This. He's a little bit annoying. Actually, it's very annoying, but he's also yeah. very good at Pokemon. And he has a pretty formidable team. Like are you, supposed to, are you supposed to like hate him or are you not supposed to hate him? You're supposed to like friendly hate him, you know? It's a it's a children's game again. So Yeah. yeah. I do want to get into like understand the, the story of Pokemon, but it just seems like there's too it's much. It's so going. complex, man. It's been going on for like twenty five years. Like so like is there like, like one or 20, single like anime or, or manga that I can just read? Uh, like is there like a just a you know what? Let me, story? Let me, yeah, I I think probably like watching like season one of the anime, which I think is yeah. you could probably watch it on Netflix or something. Um yeah. I, season one probably explained the most but uh okay. yeah yeah gary is a prominent character and he is the rival his name is gary not get over gary oak man um <laughs> all right we're back on the yield mailbag i mean the other characters names are all americanized like it's like brock misty yeah jesse that's James, fine I, I was just shook when the answer was giovanni gary oh there's yeah. a mob boss no wait there's a giovanni yeah giovanni is the mob that's boss hard. He's also secretly okay, a gym that sounds leader. Sounds like a stereotype. Uh, <laughs> like, it 100% is a stereotype. Yeah, but let's I'm, just. I'm not you know. gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he runs this secret covert operation called Team Rocket, and they're always trying to steal Pikachu and other Pokemon. So. Okay, that sounds kind of cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like in the Pokemon mob. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, no, man. By the way, honestly, all jokes aside. One of the most popular Pokemon for Team Rocket, the mob to use, is Rattata. So, oh, okay, like a literal rat. <laughs> I feel like there's a yeah. lot of references going on here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, a couple more from the ye old. How are we not even done the mailbag um, segment? My goodness, man. <laughs> no, but we don't have another segment after this. We, we do. We off- have your whole book, man. Oh, right, 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 right. But we're only like an hour in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so. That's true. You're one of the few Raptors reporters, Doug, who isn't paid by Bell or Rogers. Do mm-hmm. you think those paid by those entities go easier in criticizing Masai and Bobby the way so many, i.e. Bontemps, Lowe, and McMahon in the national U.S. press have said? I can't imagine Sixers media avoiding being critical of them after their moves in the last two years. Here's my thing. 
I don't really see this like lack of criticism from the reporters because I feel like if you go through what Granger's wrote about the team, what Josh Lundberg's wrote about the team, what Eric Kareem's wrote about the team, um, you will find that it was not like lauded that what they did in the trade deadline. In fact, most of the columns are like, "Hey, the Raptors have a big decision to make and need to make uh, and pick a pick a direction with the team." And I know, obviously, on this program, that gets discussed quite a bit too. So. I think it's like definitely like a fun thing to talk about. It definitely feels like a conspiracy, but I just don't feel like the facts are lining up with, um, like the actual conspiracy itself. That's my yeah. Thing. I think I think that's actually fair. Um, and, and whatever, like I'm not trying to defend all the reporters. I'm just saying, like from my observation of the situation, like it seems like everybody is criticizing the front office. I don't think like people are saying like you know, Masai's wash. Cause I don't think that people who have to deal with people in real life. Like if I had to deal with, if I had to see you in real life and I'm like online being like, yo, you washed and that, you know, we got to get you out of here or that, you know, like it's, it's over for you. Like it, you just would, again, you just would kind of treat it with like, not like a different, like decorum, but I mean, you would lay out the points as to like why the situation failed and why that's on you rather than like, you know, yeah, no, I think I think yeah. that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't think we've been too nice to the team. Maybe, but I just don't think that like year. it's not like there's you can't point to me with any reporter that's like ardently defending the front office and saying every move is great. Like that doesn't that does I don't think that's true. Yeah, like there I don't are, think that's true. You know, the I think there are people in the quote unquote like media game, um, in the space who who sometimes do try to do that, um, like try to spin and find the positive in everything. Okay. But, I don't think it's it's not the people that you mentioned. So, like, all I'm trying to say is, I think there is a huge segment that's been like very critical of the team. I, I just I just don't think that there's been strong like backing of the front office. I think everyone's looking at the situation pretty confused. But maybe there's I don't know. I mean, I would love to be presented with the with the pieces that are like, hey, everything's perfectly fine. The front office is doing amazing. Like, I, I haven't seen one article about that from yeah pretty much anybody uh, really. Uh, Doug's response to this was the people I know who work at Sportsnet and and the other network cover basketball and hold the franchise to the same standards that we all do. So yeah, all right. That was his uh, response. Next, um, just a couple more here. Uh, actually, this is the how was it? Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, when do you think we're gonna know for sure what the heck direction Masai and Bobby are taking this franchise? If they actually do trade Pascal, I think that that'll be pretty telling. Yeah, man. So it could be in like two months. Like yeah. if they trade or extend him, I would say, yeah. I think they're More likely trade. Him before trade. The, I think they're going to trade him before the season. Although it would seem kind of uncharacteristic of his front office. They love to wait till the last minute. <laughs> Can we just, if you trade him, trade him for some good pieces. If we extend him, let's just make sure we actually do that before we go into the season. Him and OG both, like. You don't, you don't want to be uncomfortable? Yeah. No, man. <laughs> Yo, Bobby and Masai, please. <laughs> please, man. They calling they calling they calling us they're, they're even calling the media into this conspiracy. That's how that's how much you guys have been struggling, man. Like oh, please, man. leave us alone. We we We're not no. bystanders, but we're definitely innocent. Like we're just here to talk Gary Oak, man. Yeah. The yeah. Gary Oak hour. I'm labeling this the August Benderpot part two. Um All right. That's that's fair, yeah. honestly. Um, right. Honestly, that, yo, mailbag, that it could be a recurring segment, you know? 
Yeah, it's not bad. I actually feel like some of these questions, it's it's cool to hear, you know, your responses as well. Mm. So maybe uh-huh. one time you and Duck can come on and do a live ye old mailbag, like on air. Yo, that's kind of sick. Yeah. It's just that's one of my favorite was still men. You know, you know, summer's almost over when the X starts. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm man. gonna have to work that into my just regular daily phrasing. <laughs> that's hard, man. Yo, by like the way, when you, see, when you see that Ferris wheel grow, when you see what they're deep frying over there, that's how you know summer's almost over. Man, when they yo. be deep frying those Oreos, yeah, yeah, wow, so, I would love to be deep frying those. I Oreos. need the Blue Jays to deep. Shout fry out the to Oreos. Darren O'Day. <laughs> yeah, I need uh, the Blue Jays to deep fry the Oreos, man. Let's go. Um, Damn. yeah, there's a one in four chance they're playing the Oreos right now. Um, are they actually playing the Oreos right now? No, they're not. They're playing no, the Cubs. They're they're playing them soon though. Oh, they got the of Phillies. course they are. They got the Phillies, and then I think I think the Orioles. Got um, you. Do we do we have any timestamps? No, we don't. Have I guess any time ta- no. That's fine. We'll that's fine. No, don't yeah. worry, because uh, um, because the James Harden uh, segment might either be moved or deleted. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think yeah, it might be heading for... no, but I just think it just didn't fit this episode. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. So let's what else just, is on the uh, rundown, man? I, oh, I think can- that's it. Okay, let me give you a quick let me give you a quick two minute Canada basketball segment. Oh, update. that's right. Okay, I did watch the game today. So, um, okay. so Canada's in Germany. They're playing like essentially just a bunch of exhibition games, but uh, mm-hmm. they had like a mini tournament, and so the finale featured uh, Germany versus Canada in a rematch. The first game, Canada lost to Germany. Thought Germany completely outplayed Canada, um, jumped all over them to start the game, and Canada just had a bunch of fake comebacks and it didn't really push it over the edge at all. Um, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Canada can learn from this experience. And also, like, I think the situation wasn't ideal. Like, they had just flown to Germany, maybe jet lag, all that kind of stuff. It was in Germany as well, the tournament. So, you know, I think they get an extra boost. Plus the fact that, like, yo, Germany is just a very good team. Like, they finished, like, third in uh, Eurobasket last time around. And when you watch them play, they play really well together. They got a lot of good shooters. Um, they got uh, Dennis Schroeder and uh, Franz Wagner as your lead playmakers, which is really good at that level. They have big second score. Daniel Tice is always freaking annoying to watch when you need to actually win the game. Uh, going against Daniel Tice, he had a really good one uh, here in the final as well. But yeah, so there was a rematch, and it was definitely a, a good chance to sort of see how Canada basketball um, in the course of preseason has evolved. And I mean, they had a really great showing uh, when they beat New Zealand. But I don't think New Zealand has that level of talent anywhere close to what Germany has. And so the rematch with Germany, Canada was down for a lot of the game. Um, Germany was probably outplaying them for a lot of it, too. Dennis Schroeder was looking amazing. 26 points was splashing threes, clowning, um, you know, Dylan Brooks. You know, Dylan Brooks is also kind of pulling dirty stuff against uh, Schroeder as well. Like he had a one late closeout where he slapped his hand, um, which uh, resulted in free throws. But it's also just like, what are you doing, Dylan Brooks? Uh, but Dennis Schroeder apparently fouled out of the game, and so he couldn't really factor in towards the end of the game, and that's where Canada has been playing a lot better. Honestly, their bench has been really strong and solid. Like Their starters are definitely the guys that need to carry them, but the starters have gone off to slow starts in each of the games. Um, Shea, I feel like, takes a little bit of time to get into the game. Once he gets to the rhythm of the game, he looks amazing, and he closed it out for Canada today. Him and RJ both. RJ also, what's 13 of 14 from the field? Most like driving layups and stuff, but made like three huge baskets in the final minute of the game in regulation and then also won in overtime. So shouts to RJ as well. But uh, yeah, like I think the bench has been solid. I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been excellent. Um, you know, definitely love the way he's been playing on both ends of the floor. Um, some of the honesty that even just the the guys who 
probably play um, just more Euro basketball. Those guys have been okay. Um, but yeah, it's just in general, I think that, yeah, Canada, I mean, look, listen, like it's not going to be so easy as like, we have a bunch of NBA players, therefore we're better than all these teams. Like that's not how this game is played. I think that's one of the biggest things you have to understand um, is that like FIBA basketball is not NBA basketball. There's so much less space to operate. There is so much more physicality. You do not get bailed out on fouls, uh, you know, especially, and, and honestly, the officiating is more erratic, I would say, as compared to NBA basketball. Uh, and yeah, like there's a lot more physicality and the execution on a half court level, especially watching Germany, like they're just, they're very tight and crisp. And I think today they had a bit of an off night shooting from three, it felt like, especially down the stretch. And that allowed the Canada to come back in. But um, regardless, Canada had a great, great effort though. And I thought, um, you know, just guys really selling into the roles, even guys like Dylan Brooks, for example, like he'll, he'll always annoy you watching the game, but even down the stretch, he had multiple moments where he could have forced up a shot made the extra pass, was making multiple two, three, you know, rotations, making effort on defense. That's what you need from him. Kelly Olenek playing small ball five was actually really good offensively, as you can expect, but also defensively. I thought towards the end of the game, he was actually fairly reliable at the end of the fourth quarter and also in overtime. RJ was really scoring well, going to his left. Um, but getting to the basket, I like his physicality because that's something that the rest of the team Canada doesn't really provide on the offensive end. Shea is more of a skill guy, and so he's going to have to beat you one-on-one. But it's going to be a lot of pullback, you know, jumpers or, like, floaters, stuff like that. That's going to cut down on his efficiency. But he is starting to get a better sense of sort of how to draw those fouls. And, yeah, I mean, I my worry is the bigs. I mean, Dwight Powell just does not impress me at all at this level. I just don't think he does a lot of what is required of the big men at an international level. Uh, he doesn't space the floor well. I don't think he scores well. I don't think he defends well. His, you know, rebounding is good. He hustles hard, but he's also undersized a little bit. I think Canada shouldn't switch as much, quite frankly. I just don't think that, uh, you know, I think just international players are just so much more adept at, like, identifying that the switches happen and then playing through that opportunity quickly. And I don't think Canada's rotations will be quick enough to, to mask the fact that they've been switching a lot. And, um, yeah, they tried out Zach Eady today, you know, our half-Chinese um hero in this in this tournament and yeah he he like literally came into the game daniel tyson immediately got him with an up fake and then drove all the way to the basket for uncontested layup and then i believe schroeder drove past him for an and one so defensively you're gonna have to hide him kyle alexander has been really solid off the bench defensively but i mean like i still think defensively in the front court canada just needs a lot more but i knew that kind of as a weakness going into the roster but um they're making good progress and i thought today their win over germany was really impressive especially to come back from being down double digits and to uh, take the win in overtime. Um, you know, it was really good effort. And I think it's a good thing for the boys to, to build on as they head to Spain. Yeah, no, I think it was a cool win. Um, I'll, I'll tap in when the real games start. That's um, fair. But these, these I, games are very competitive and they're physical, man. No, I think these games are important for them too, right? Like you yeah, mentioned. No, it was it's good. Like, it was really good. It's like FIBA ball. Like you mentioned all the differences and it's like, I think, I think so much of it is just like building chemistry and stuff. Like all that stuff is so important. Um, especially when like you're just facing kind of these like must win games in, in such a like short tournament format that's coming yeah. up. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like I've said, like the rosters, I think the rosters like relative to obviously the other years, like they're it's a stacked roster. Mm-hmm. But you know, I guess I'm looking at their schedule now. They're they're gonna play France first um, on on the 25th. Like that's gonna be a tough tough opening match, and then Lebanon, Latvia, Latvia's got a good team too, man. So yeah, I, I think I'm guessing they got to go two may or may not play. They got to go two and one. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. If they beat France, I think they're in a very, very comfortable situation. Yeah, 
but beating France is also kind of a difficult thing to do. But it's know? like Canada's so. team. Like I would like not stack them up against any team, but I'd give them a chance against anybody, right? Like, oh the, yeah. The I mean, like Germany. Germany is a real threat to metal in this tournament, just based on watching the quality of play. Like first off, from a Raptors perspective, Dennis Schroeder has looked really good in all these tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, and all in all these games so far in these tournaments. And yeah, I mean, he also cooked Team China, but I mean, whatever, that's that's different. But uh, <laughs> well, we're not talking about that one. <laughs> oh, by the way, Lee Kyer not looking sick, man. Oh no, is he in a featured role on Team China? He coming off the bench, and at first off, he shouldn't come off the bench. But he can't like, even yeah. make the starting lineup. No disrespect he's, to the he's rest struggling, of the roster. Man. He's struggling, bro. Wow, what do they ask him to do, man? Like, is he like, be, be, is he a, a good featured player. guy on offense? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't watched that much of it, but I did watch yeah. the the ten minute highlight comp- compilation, and I saw two plays from Lee Kyer, which means yeah, that he had not, a bad game. Yo, you're not allowed to call him by his English name ever again. Yeah, you <laughs> like, know, if he has a bad tiny tournament for Team China, he's yeah. Lee Kyer permanently. Okay, we're never. You're never allowed to say the words Kyle Anderson on this show. No, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy, because I'm calling yeah. him Lee Kyer from now on. <laughs> That's your Gary Oak, man. <laughs> oh man. Okay, yeah. so Team China not looking good. That's the but, other. But Dennis is looking good, and I know there were concerns about his Achilles. He's playing in these right. games, and he's done no problems, and he looks super quick yeah. and. Yeah, he, he. I just. I don't know. Um, he he does a really good job of leading that group in Germany as well. Like I think even like when he fouled out of the game, he was really up and enthusiastic and cheering guys on and giving guys mm-hmm. high fives. And I mean, like whatever. That's all kind of secondary to how no, he does on the court. But he's been doing great though. on the court, and yeah. he's also taken on a strong leadership position for Team Germany. So I, I think cool, they, I, I think the Raptors are gonna need that this year, and and even from an energy standpoint. Like I feel like this team was very lethargic at times last year too. Like, mm. They need some. They need a couple of energy guys. All right, like Dennis Schroeder a... and Darko to the rescue. Yeah, they're 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 gonna fix everything. Like we need we need more energy than just like Chris Boucher rushing off the bench to check in. You know, like that was kind of hard. No, but there's no energy guys on this team. Um. Anyways, yeah, Team Canada. No, it'll be exciting. That, that was my you, team Canada. Two minutes, yeah, yeah, maybe five minutes. Yeah. Um, you you doing React pods for for the tournament? I don't want to commit to all those because I do have a couple of trips lined up in between. Oh, but uh, that's right. I will do one for Canada France though. Like, I mean, what am I going to do? A Canada Lebanon React pod? Like, well, the game is at five forty five Eastern AM. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy said Lee Kyer. <laughs> my goodness, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll do one for Canada France. I'll, I'll lock into that one. Okay, so you're committing to one. Obviously, well, if they advance too. I yeah, yeah. Like. Once they advance, I think I'll do more for sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one minute on the National Bank Open, and then one minute on fan shoutouts, and then we're going to your book. <laughs> All right, National Bank Open was great. Um great experience live tennis is great the only other experience i've had is um i went to the finals um on on sunday but the only other experience i had was like i went to the u.s open like a long time ago um, oh that's cool but the national which Bank era open, was this the agassi era uh no it was yo come on man. this guy said did you see boris becker yo <laughs> did you see arthur ash yo that is wild man. No, actually, this was Roger Federer era. Oh, okay. Um, uh. So I think I went to like a third round and 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 like just spent the day there, just get to watch mm. watch matches at, at different court. But yeah, no, did that you, no did you dress was... up for it though? Like, did you dress accordingly? No, I did not. 
So you didn't dress like you didn't wear a polo and like a no i dressed like myself a visor yeah. okay <laughs> not even what does myself visor. look like man dirty just, new balance again <laughs> yeah just a hoodie and a tee and some shorts <laughs> and a uh, vintage cap actually i was wearing yeah i was wearing a jay's cap no the national bagel was super cool um obviously on the york university campus um you know rogers mm. a presenting sponsor of course um, bro and yeah, the Sobe Stadium um, is like very like a very intimate space. Like all the sure. seats there, I feel like in a one hundred level, like you're getting really good seats and you get really into the match. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not a huge like tennis stand, but like I think tennis is one of those sports when you watch it live, it's just just it just it just hits different. Bro, all um, live sports hit different, man. Eh, like I, I don't eh, know what sport is not good to see live. Uh, basketball sometimes. No, um, come on, come on, man. Um baseball you think oh actually you're right baseball is mad boring live sorry you to know Rogers. what i mean like no come on man. this got really said on the home of the blue jays no but remember the the, the last game that we went to when okay the blue that jays was a were boring playing. game too man that was like a Yo, 2-1 game it was we terrible. spent like three innings just talking to our boss by the budweiser oh, deck like right. we were like please dan tobin talk to us so we don't have to go back to our seats we literally spent three all innings there, yeah. man. Three no, up, three down. I, no, I actually, I actually agree with you. Like, baseball I don't know. Base, just, I don't know baseball's got very so many high variance. Games, man. It's got very high variance okay. when it comes. Baseball is really good when the stakes are so high. So, like playoff baseball, I've been to a couple of those games. Like, it is mm-hmm. genuinely worth it. Um, you know, like the pressure builds and like the I don't know the dome oh, yeah. is closed, every, like it's every like super hot in there. Types vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool to me. And then there's like a you know tension and then release kind of thing. Yeah, but it's kind of like torture, really. Um, but then typically it's just kind of boring. And then like they eventually make you like it's so boring. They make you they lead you through a warm like a stretching routine <laughs> after two <laughs> hours. They're like, all right, let's go. But it's been Blue the same Jay. song. But like, it's been the oh same song goodness. for like hundred and fifty years across baseball. That's what I'm saying, man. They can't even update the song. But I guess they're like, "Yo, we're so we're so iconic. bored. We got to sing Sweet Caroline." Like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, no, but but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna try to check out more matches next season uh, or okay. next year. Yeah, when, I'm down to go, man. I'm down to go. Yeah. If I had Shouts time today, my, I would have come. Yeah, shouts to the plug, but like uh, shouts to you know Yannick Sinner. Um, congratulations what? to the Paisan for winning the tournament. Um, so uh, Yannick Sinner is is Italian. Yeah, Yannick Sinner. Yeah, that does not sound Italian, man. Well, you know, it's like Gary Oak. Like sometimes you <laughs> yeah, just I guess Gary Oak doesn't you, sound you Japanese. You're you, right. You need to look that up. Like, like Gary Oak Jr. Like, like what are we doing here? Um. Anyways, tennis is great. Now I was trying to yeah. think soccer. I haven't no, been to that soccer many sick, soccer man. matches. I mean, I went why to one TFC sick. when TFC won the championship. This was like a few years ago. Oh, that's nice. That was. I think I take it for that. Was it was I another guess. plug? Yeah, MLSC plug. Um, oh my god. Yeah, they were playing Seattle, I think, or Portland. I can't remember. Oh uh, yeah, the Sounders. But it was no man. You cannot be putting a heritage accent on the Seattle Sounders. Ah, uh, the Timbers. <laughs> Yo, what are we doing, man? Um. Yeah, soccer. It's, it's soccer yeah, man. yeah, soccer. I don't think I could appreciate that much. I'm cricket sure. was actually really fun to watch. I really like cricket. Okay. I yeah. No. I, I, I want to get into cricket anytime. Yo, I next can, summer, yeah. you and me, you taking that old old one Honda Civic, we drive into the CAA Center. 
Oh, and man. Well, yeah, we are see. going to watch cricket and we are going to watch a ex- disclaimer or like a explainer on how to okay. play slash score cricket. Or I thought we would just bring Vivek Jacob. Yeah. Mm. We could right. probably just bring Vivek Jacob. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He, he could be. Anytime, could be thrilled, I can, anytime I can add one more thing to talk to Vivek about, I think. I think that's great. Uh, NFL yeah. football, too. I don't know if you've ever been to an NFL football game. Football no, games never. are also not that great live. Really? Huh? I feel yeah, like I football think, stadiums are just too big. Whenever I think football, they say there's like 50,000, I'm like, you can't see anything, man. Yeah, it just kind of depends on the game, too, again. like Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like baseball. It depends on the game. Although, I'm sure... I think I've been know. to like an Argos game once, and I did not enjoy it. I think with yeah. three down football, you're just punting it all the time, and I'm like, that's the most boring part of the game. Can we three cut down down, three on down that? football? Be moving like way too fast. I feel like it's like you could have eleven punts, like you said, in like three minutes. But that's what I'm saying. It's the most boring part of the game. Why do I want to see it the most? <laughs> Although like, I want them same as Madden, I want them to start putting out CFL games. Oh, a CFL video game. They tried it years ago. I think there was like a CFL '99. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> CFL ninety nine is killing me, man. No, I swear, I think it was only available on PC. Wow! If, if they put out a CFL game and it's available on Switch, I'll buy a Switch. No, I think a CFL video game would be kind of fun, like as a novelty okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess this idea is okay. not going to pick up steam. Um, fan sh- with CFL yeah, is up? just like every. Like notable quarterback has played for like half the teams in the league. <laughs> no, it's true though. Yeah, I used to follow the CFL back in the day, man. When Doug Flutie was yeah. on the Argos, this was before you came to the country. <laughs> that's, you, that's you a were, long time, bro. You yeah, were talking about the Agassi era again. No, you were Lee Kyer. You were you're the, watching. You're watching Reagan era <laughs> CFL <laughs> no, games, man. man. <laughs> that's wild, man. This guy talking Reaganomics. Yo, this uh, guy was watching Kim Campbell take office, <laughs> and while the Argos was on the TV. Yo, that's wild. Um, fan shoutouts, uh, yeah. shouts to. Uh, so I, so I, you know, I dropped my nephew off home after mm-hmm. we went to the Jays game on Saturday, and then my sister was hanging out um, with with her uh, next door neighbor. I guess this is what people do; they're friends with their neighbors. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, and and one of the family members there, you know, shouts to Ken. Um, was a huge, uh, huge Raptor show listener. Awesome. Um, and a big fan of Kipper and Bourne as well. Yeah, um, all right. I believe that's we'll, his we'll, we'll pass our regards along. Yeah. yeah, he also said a huge fan of Sam McKee. I'm withholding all this information. I guess I should just tell Sam and and make his day. But... Sam is a very lovable dude, man. Great energy in real life, too. Yeah, I mess with I mess, I mess with Sam. He's lit in real life. Um, yeah, he, he's um, on your top three uh, Sportsnet employees, coworkers. <laughs> no, we're not ranking our we're not ranking our coworkers, man. Please. Yeah, I don't I don't Dylan Brown on that list. I mean, Dylan's a Dylan's a a, a regular listener too, which which always bumps you up the list. Oh, right. He also he also already e transferred me money to get a hello and welcome hat. So, oh, did he? So. Wow. Yeah, mm. we got a couple more to move. Um, for for mm. for the for the millions of people who've messaged me about getting a hat, I will get back to you. Yo, will legit. just has will just has yeah. all the hats right now, so I can't coordinate with you guys. What do you with, mean? That's, don't put up. this on me. It was on no, you. I'm you were just in Asia. Will. That's, that's no, what's I'm putting, why. I'm putting it on Will. Uh, okay. And shows a two uh, Raptor Show listener fans ran into at the um at the at the tennis uh, match yeah. today. Um, you know, I think they said they were just listening to the show on the way on the way mm. to to the match. 
they welcomed me back, said welcome home from from Japan. Oh, they're listening to that banter pod. I think so. And I'm, they're I'm taking trying, it out of the fridge like leftover I try, pizza. I was trying to remember their names. Please forgive me. I believe it was Ron and Ursula, but it seems like I just made up two names. No, nah, those are definitely Pokemon <laughs> characters, man. So if 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 I got those names wrong, um, not Ron and not Ursula, can you please just message me somewhere? Um, and just let me know, and we'll give you a proper yeah. shout out. But I appreciate Yo, you guys saying hi. Ha- have you noticed? First off, yes, I definitely appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, have you have you noticed that like your like recognized in real life moments have, have uh, interactions have gone up recently? They're definitely going up. Yeah, and I don't know if going up, but it just feels like everywhere I am, you're gonna run into like somebody. The odds are pretty strong at this point. Which is uh, yeah. which is very cool, very cool, but it is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's, at the same uh, time, I'm like, yo, there are moments where I'm like, damn, I hope no one knows who I am here because uh, <laughs> I'm really struggling at soccer, and uh, our no, team is losing four like, nil, and then yeah. the striker on the other team just taps me on the shoulder and is like, so Darko, huh? And I'm like, damn it, man. Oh man, see, yeah, I don't know, man. When you're in a soccer match, I feel like you gotta save. I'm that like, yo, like, I'm like, don't talk to me, man. Let 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 me tackle you. You gotta save that for the post match. I'm like, if you're a real stand, score in your own net right now. No, that's crazy. <laughs> this guy asking the stand to fix a game, man. This guy told us stand you to fix a game. Ma- I'm mad competitive when I play sports, man. I'm not trying to hear, oh, you know. So, what do you think of Darko? No, I'm trying to be losing. better. Trying to be better when people introduce themselves, ask them their names and stuff too. You know, like yeah, that's a skill I never learned. And want uh, an interaction to be like personal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. yeah always, man. I mean, no, my, but, my thing is just, I just make yeah. it, I just bring the topic to the Raptors as quickly as possible. Oh, mine definitely not. Like, please, if you see me in real life, do not talk to me about the Raptors. You know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even talk Raptors with you. <laughs> All right. What did I come up and talk to you about, man? Uh, I don't know, man. That's just banter pod material, man. Well, okay, we were bonding right. today over the fact that we had to pay like $8 for a pizza slice at the, at the, at the tennis match. Really? But how was the, how was the slice? Uh yeah, great uh meat lover slice from Pizzaville. Yeah. Who who slices better, Pizzavilles or Yannick Sinner? <laughs> Yo, man, we talking slices. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's one thirty a.m. No, please. <laughs> Nobody asked question- for this. What kind of questions are these, man? Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, um, that's it. That's, that's it? it for the All fan right. shoutouts. Yeah, that's it for the fan shout. All right, so I'm gonna take back controls of the the podcast um, yeah. because Alex, um, you have written a new book. That's oh, something that's, that you've oh, been... we're gonna talk about this. This is awesome. A pleasant surprise. This is, yeah. this is the biggest reason why we did this podcast. But you know, we gave you a little banter in between. Not uh, by a little. I mean two hours. So yeah, we joining us on. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna don't man. Why are you? I'm gonna so introduce into you cosplay? like a real. Yo, you're a cosplayer, <laughs> man. Yo, relax. Okay, don't put Yo. me with that group. Well, come on, man. Now you gotta apologize. There's nothing wrong with cosplay. No, th- there's nothing wrong with cosplaying. I went to Anime North as a spectator. Yeah, like, I've been to Comic Con in San Diego. And it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Comic Con San Diego one time. I'm, clearly, I'm a huge nerd. Like, there's no way I wouldn't enjoy that. Anyway. Yeah um no i just want to give you your respect because again like this isn't just because we're doing an ad for you because you're on the program no uh this is we would actually if, if somebody else wrote this book we would 100 yeah. percent bring them on the program and we would introduce them like hello and welcome to the raptor yeah. show on sportsnet i'm your host william lou joining me on the program today is a very uh esteemed author who has just come out with a new book prehistoric uh what's the rest of the title of your book i'm sorry <laughs> 
Um, to be honest, I don't even have it with me right now. Is, is um, it on a longer? Is it on the longish yeah, name? Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, kill thirty seconds while I slowly pull this up for you. Yeah, Alex Wong is yeah. a, a a writer based in Toronto. He has previously written books such as Cover <laughs> are you Story. Re- are you reading? And my- also. <laughs> Yeah, he's he has written about basketball and culture for publications including Such, the, the New Yorker, GQ, GQ Slam, the New York Times, Yahoo Sports, and and the Atlantic. I'm not That's gonna right. lie, man. Resume is impeccable. Um, but <laughs> yeah, prehistoric, the audacious and improbable right. origin story of the Toronto Raptors. Um officially available October twenty fourth, um, but now available for pre order at all book sites. People always ask me what's the best site to to order the book to to help me out. It's definitely Amazon Canada. So okay. if um if you go go there and order it, or you know, as I as I mentioned, I believe at the top of the show, you know, um, all the info is in a pinned tweet on X, um, a, uh, aka uh, formerly on Twitter. Mm. Um, so so make sure you go on X. <laughs> Just like saying that, I'm sorry. Going it's so X funny. Crazy, it's man. so funny calling it X. Like, what do people say now? Like, follow me on X. <laughs> no, sounds... like, is is that what you say? Like, is that what we're supposed to say? Or no, do we just man. call it Twitter no matter what? We're calling it Twitter no matter what. I don't care. Okay. It's, Twitter is the new Skydome, all right? Okay, okay, sorry, wow. sorry. It's Rogers. Oh, oh, it's Roger Center. Um, oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No. No, but, but yeah, pre-orders are, are very important for, like, the success of a book. Yeah. Because um, if you get like huge volumes and stuff, then like the book sites will start promoting it more. Um, and, and, you know, they'll order, you know, higher volume and things like that. So, wow. um, like when we pushed out cover story, like it ended up being in like the top 100 of all books Damn. Um, on, on Amazon. And obviously it was like ranked number one across like the different charts and stuff. And that helped give it like a lot of visibility and stuff. This guy number one on yeah. two charts, man. No, but I feel like we can Podcasts do better this time. and books. You know, this one obviously catered very specific to, um, you know, the Toronto Raptors, like the Raptors audience and stuff being like right. such a deep dive into the origin story. And and to be honest, like even if I wasn't on the show, I would be begging to be on the show to to talk about the book because like, yeah, obviously, like we have the audience that I think it like hits specifically. Yeah, so. I, I mean, like we could put the like jokes aside, like this is 100 percent a book that I think pretty much all raptor fans should be yeah let's be clear let's be clear like will will has read the book Um, well i mean that's 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 why my perspective i think is more informal in a sense because you know i had the great pleasure of reviewing the manuscript and even even writing a review for that of course man i appreciate you for even sending it to me but here's a review from will lu before he gives his own uh, testimonial he said quote prehistoric is the story of how an unlikely cast of characters bonded as a family to deliver the first NBA franchise in Canada. The author brings you closer. Why don't you just say my name? The author brings you closer. <laughs> Relax. To I'm trying to keep distance between us, man. It involved. sounds more impartial. No, no need to be impartial. What, what am I going to say? My brother uh, wrote yeah, this. My, like my, Lee Kyer brings you closer. My brother, Gary Oak. By the way, you only ask people to do book blurbs that like, you know, you know they're going to slip you a positive one. Uh, no, obviously. The, the author brings you closer to everyone involved from the staffers scrambling to sell tickets to the unlikely owner who won the bid to the cast off players who became cult heroes in Toronto. This book is a must have for all Raptors fans from the day ones wanting a nostalgia trip to the newer fans who will spot the same roots in the team 
almost three decades later. William yeah. Liu. Yeah. Yo, I stand, I stand by, you know, myself and, and those words. But, like, genuinely, though. So, for people who don't know, like, so, um, you put a lot of work into just bringing you directly into the scenes of what it took for the Raptors to, A, deliver a franchise to Toronto, what were the forces behind expansion, how that looks when you have a team that starts from just a concept to actually filling it with like front office people, filling it with, you know, people who have to staff the organization, filling it with players, the expansion draft, which is fairly new um, and, and a very strange experience, you know, building out a fan base in a new market, in a new city, teaching people in this market basketball, you know, you go through all of that about the the first year of the Raptors, which, you know, I think for everybody is a very, very um, nostalgic feeling just to think about sort of where this whole thing started. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I, I, one of the questions that you said in the book that you received a lot from your, like probably 200 people that you interviewed, maybe I'm guessing that maybe it's like 150, but it was a lot of interviews. Uh, yeah, it was, around, it, was said, around, it was around 140. It's like you rounding okay, up yeah. my age from 38 to 40, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, in these 140 interviews, you said a lot of people asked you this question, which was, why are you writing about a team that went 21 and 61? What's your answer to that? Yeah, I actually was asked uh, by a few people who, like, worked um, for the team at at the very beginning and you know my purpose of writing this book was not to do some kind of documentation about uh a, a 21 win season you know the, the story actually starts in in 1993 when when three ownership groups uh wanted to bid for an expansion franchise here and, and john beethoven jr ended up winning the bid and and so much of the book actually covers um a lot of stuff leading up to the first season like you mentioned in your book blurb, like how, you know, the the first group of salespeople sold season tickets to a to a city that, you know, had not had a professional basketball team outside of the Toronto Huskies like decades ago. And also goes into, you know, the definitive like behind the scenes stories about, you know, the the naming contests. Um, it goes into the people involved um, at the NBA, um, specifically designer Tom O'Grady, who was a creative director at the NBA, about how he worked with John to come up with with the um, with the Raptors logo and some of the alternative logo drawings and names and all that stuff that was considered. And it's really like um, I would say the book, like obviously, it, it ends up going into the expansion draft, you know, draft night, um, you know, the team selecting David Stoudemire, a lot of behind the scenes stuff about training camp. Um, really fleshing out a lot of the players from the first year, guys like Damon Sotomayor, Tracy Murray, Oliver Miller, and then just really about people who like worked with the team. So like mm. um, what it was like for the staffers to work on opening night. Um, you know, I, I did a whole chapter on opening night when they played the New Jersey Nets and like it, it wasn't as important to me to 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 highlight like the players in the game or like who won the game. Like people already know that. You know, I use that as an opportunity to highlight all the people that worked in the arena that night. And mm. that goes okay. from, you know, the Raptor uh, mascot who's still with, um, you know, the team today. Um, that goes Friend to, of the program. Yeah, friend of the program. And that goes... Like, not even choking, actually. No, yeah. like, friend of the program. And, like, the person that was in charge of the game day script on the first day. What it was like for him to be in the stadium that day um and and just like the perspectives of those people and then a lot of different chapters cover like the origin story of like the dance pack or the challenges of what it was like to play in the sky dome 
uh, for an NBA team in the first year um, and all the community work and what it was like for the for, for, uh, formation of the first um, broadcast team and mm-hmm. just going into like all the bits and pieces that go into creating an NBA franchise um, and also not forgetting about the players, right? Like when you have a 21 win season, like there's not a lot of games that you're going to highlight. And the main ones that I did focus on was opening night. And then obviously the the night that most people remember is when they beat um, the Jordan team, the Bulls yep. team that won 72 games and was able to find like a few cool angles into that too. Um, Doug Christie, I recently joined the team and, you know, he was in charge of guarding Michael Jordan for most of the game, uh, was able to tell the in-game story from his perspective and right. also found a club promoter named Eddie Williams, who actually promoted a party the night before the game, uh, which Jordan was a part of to tell kind of like an off the court story too there. Um, so it's, it's really just tying in all the pieces from like, um, the front office, the ownership, the players, coaches, but really the story of like just everybody who like played a part in in building the Toronto Raptors. Okay, so first off, um, I'm gonna have a lot of follow up questions on pretty much all the little bits and pieces you you you, you said there. But yeah. I think the bigger picture for me and the impression of reading the book, uh, especially for people who are fans of basketball, are fans of the Raptors in particular, is like I don't think people really understand or appreciate the scope of what kind of goes into running an operation of this scale when you're talking about professional sports at the highest level. And when we're talking about a brand new team in a brand new country, professional sports at that level, um, all the little struggles that went into it, both from everybody, from the players, the star players, all the way down to just, you know, random people selling tickets, no offense, Elaine, uh, friend of the program as well. But like, I think you've really captured what it takes to run an organization like this because as you mentioned there's so many of these departments and putting them all together getting them all to work together is just such a monumental task and i feel like that's very true to this day i mean even thinking back to like the interview i did last week with tristan like social is just one part of an organization it's like i mean it's part of everything nowadays social is so big but like even just going into the little nitty-gritty of what he does on his side with social, that's just one tiny piece of it. And the organization is also big. So you did a great job of catching all those stories. Let's start at the very top. So with the ownership group, like as you mentioned, so the NBA decides to expand into Canada and, you know, at that point it was like, okay, who is actually going to own this team in Canada? So take me through the process. You said there were three main bidders uh, that were able to make presentations to David Stern in uh, New York city. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the bid process really started like they were coming off the 92 Olympics with with the dream team. And there was just like so much global success with the sport of basketball. Um, And I think like people from the 80s know that, um, you know, especially people from the Agassiz era. Sorry. No, I was just going to say from the uh, if they live through the aforementioned Reagan era. Um, you know, they, they'll know that the NBA, like, was not in a good spot, like, at the start of the 80s. Damn, and, Reaganomics you know, was not working? <laughs> until, <laughs> until, you know, Jordan, you know, Bird, Magic, and, like, all yeah. this, like, modern-day basketballs came in. But now they're, like, booming in the 90s. Like, you know, they've got huge NBA contracts with, like, NBC, stuff like that. And, like, now they suddenly they wanted to consider expanding to Toronto. But, like, in order to come to Toronto, because, like, at that time, the history of basketball in Toronto was not great. And, and yeah. you know, the book taps into that, too, um, gives a bit of history about, you know, the one year of the Toronto Huskies um, mm. and also talks a little bit about um, you the know, Toronto Towers. Yeah, the Toronto Towers, which was like an yeah. idea that Ted Stepien 
you know, you know, guys, people who listen to this podcast probably know Stepien for like the Stepien rule that's still in place. Like you can't trade. You <laughs> Yo, can't that's trade crazy, back to back. Ted Stepien up the no, Stepien rule is nuts. But you but, can't trade back to back first round picks because like he came into ownership with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the early nineties and he traded away, I think like five first rounders right away. And, Didn't he want to like, move the Cavs to Toronto too? Yeah, so that was the whole story, which is covered in the book too. Is like he wanted right. to move. He, he threatened wanted to like prevent LeBronto. Yeah, he threatened to move uh, Toronto, uh, the team here to Toronto, but ended up selling the team um, to to Gordon Gunn and his brother. Right. So they ended up staying in Cleveland. And, and the craziest thing too, like I don't want to spoil the whole book, but it's like at the time Leo Routens was um, a star at Syracuse. Mm. when Stepien was talking about moving to Toronto and he had somehow traded for a first round pick like with Phoenix like he actually had a first rounder that year and his whole plan was to move the team to Toronto call them the Toronto Towers obviously based on the CN Tower and then draft Leo Rounds to be like the hometown star and you know I talked to Leo in the book about this and like he was actually super excited about the idea obviously of like playing at home like being mm-hmm. the star of a Toronto team that doesn't end up happening and I ended up connecting the story about him becoming like one of the first broadcasters, like in the first season. Like he didn't end right. up getting featured for a team, but he like ended up being a broadcaster. But like, yeah, like a lot of that was happening. But anyways, like, it's like to answer your question, like they wanted to make sure that there was a strong ownership group that was going to be there. So, you know, Larry Tenenbaum, obviously the chairman of the Raptors now, um, had a bid group and was considered the favorite. Um, there was there was another bid group led by Michael Cole and a few people, and they they like roped in Magic Johnson as well. They came more from the entertainment wow. industry, right. um, and 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 they understood that side of it more. And then John Bitov, like John Bitov, was a guy who grew up, went to Indiana University, loved basketball his whole life, and always wanted to, you know, always wondered why there wasn't a basketball team in Toronto. And and in the book, it details like the people that he was, he roped in to join his ownership group. And dives into just like the process, like the six months to a year process leading up to them sitting down and, and you know, presenting their final bid, like what that process was like for them to bring the franchise. And, and obviously, mm-hmm. like he ended up winning the bid. And like John was only like 34 at the time, I think. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. 33, 34. So he was like a different type of owner. Um, and, and like he so he was so instrumental in like setting the standard for the franchise um when he was there which was a very short time um but like you know he brought that energy and and he like really empowered from talking to all the employees he really empowered them to just like think different like think different about how you're going to promote this basketball team and how you're going to operate whether you work for the sales team or in marketing or in game ops and stuff and like i think that made a huge deal and it's like one of the one of the overarching like narratives that came out of this for me too is is like you know all these people still keep in touch like people mm-hmm. who worked in the first year like you mentioned elaine kwan like she's organizing a reunion event like this weekend where a lot of the first year players and, and people who worked on the team are gonna get together because they like just have reunions like right. every few years and stuff and for all these people to speak you know ab- about john in that way speak about each other in that way like to me that's really special too like they work together for a very brief time and this is still a very special moment in their life because I think nothing can replace like being on the ground floor of something. Like you literally played a part in starting an NBA franchise in Toronto. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and to this day, there are still people who are day one employees still with of the organization. Course. There's obviously less and less of that because we're talking about like 
more than 25 years of history at this point but mm-hmm. you know that 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 legacy kind of still creeps on and you know I, I think my impression was reading it is just like kind of felt like the same as a startup you know what i mean and you definitely need like this strong personality at the top and i think one of the interesting things was just that like you know john had this connection with isaiah thomas who was also obviously a very influential character within the raptors especially at the start uh of the organization you know there's obviously that iconic image of isaiah thomas wearing the raptor jacket bursting through that raptors you know uh tarp or whatever that thing was and you know that's like one of the first ever like images of the raptors and obviously isaiah thomas is already a very like a hall of fame level player uh two championships with detroit with the bad boys very notable player um how did john get connected with isaiah and ultimately choose isaiah as the guy to lead the basketball operations yeah so john said that was like he told me that was like his toughest decision um choosing a general manager and like he had considered a lot of guys like actually considered chuck daly too um mm, you right. know who who coached the dream team and you know was a head coach of the bad boy pistons um but i think those talks like ended up falling through like i think john wanted to model the franchise after those bad boy pistons teams and you know he had the indiana university connection with isaiah as well and isaiah was just retiring at the time and you know he was supposed to join the Pistons and like an ownership group post retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some differences there. So suddenly he became a free agent and like he became available. And like, I think, I think John, you know, in the same way that he approached just building the franchise, like every other department, when it came to basketball operations, when it came to getting a general manager, he wanted to go outside the box a little bit. Like uh, Isaiah was, you know, had no front office experience, you know, had just retired but he had a conversation, he had several conversations with Isaiah, and then he realized that, like, Isaiah had his own vision for the team. And it's, it's kind of wild, too, because Isaiah would, like, call these players, like, quote-unquote, like, Raptor 2s, just basically players who could play, who look like they play shooting guard, but could play multiple positions mm, and, like, defend okay. different positions. Vision and, like, that's one of the, Yeah, and that's one of the... And at the time, it was, it was ahead of the curve um, because, like, in the 90s, basketball was very positionally defined. Yep. Like for you're sure. a center, you're there. a center, power forward, small forward, all this stuff, like way more yeah, than man. today. I mean, with the expansion draft rules and the fact that they, you know, um, couldn't really just go out and sign like huge free agents, like, you know, it wasn't like you could execute that vision at like a very like high level, right? Sure. Like, yeah. like you're picking off leftover parts from different teams. And like, that's why on draft night too, um, you know, in the book, it details how like he was going after Kevin Garnett um mm. like that was really the guy that he wanted but the timberwolves had a pick a uh, few picks before them and ended up landing him like isaiah wanted kevin garnett so bad he like petitioned the league to be able to sign him straight up high school after his junior year which like wasn't allowed under the cba Damn. but like he was trying to find like every single loophole to see if he could bring him here um so I-, I think i think john was just very enamored with like isaiah's vision um and i think that the other thing too is like basketball was very new here and they needed to draw a new audience. And Isaiah at the time was one of the biggest names in the game. Yeah. So like the name recognition was right there too. Like you talk about him, like at the intro press conference, you know, ripping through, um, you know, the Raptors logo at the presser, which I tell the backstory of like how that came about. Like mm-hmm. on the same night he flew to do like late night with David Letterman. And yeah. like he wore yeah. his like Raptors like leather jacket and like that helped push merch sales because that would have been like one of the first times people in the U.S. would have seen yeah um, like a Raptors logo. 
So like Isaiah was like a brand name too. Like he was an ambassador. Like he did a lot of work in the community as well here. I, I think that's the thing to me. It was just like for a new franchise to even land a player or I guess not even a player, but a retired player of that stature. Um, was, and, and listen, like I, I don't, maybe as a GM, especially in New York, I think it was much more heavily criticized both on and off the court. But like, I think for the Raptors, like maybe the, all the personnel decisions were like excellent, but one thing Isaiah that really did really well was the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to bring in even David Sotomayor, for example. Obviously, he wanted to go for Kevin Garnett. That would have been awesome. Imagine KG is you know the Raptors' first star, for example. But like, you know, even going for like for Damon, like he he won Rookie of the Year, and and you definitely covered a lot of Damon, which we will get to. But before you know, uh, we get to that point. Um, so I, I looked at you covered the head coaching candidates, and obviously I wasn't around for this, but I was reading the names on the list and that you wrote, and I was like kind of floored like the head coaching candidates and the Raptors ultimately went with Brandon Malone. Um, but the others in contention, Lionel Holland. So obviously we know has coached uh, in the NBA a long time with the Grizzlies, I think with the Nets as well. A couple other places, long time assistant as well. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. People might've heard about Kareem, Kevin McHale, who obviously went on to be a head coach and a GM. And then Randy Whitman, the man who, um, you know, ultimately swept Dwayne Casey without even having the, the whiteboard uh, in the right direction. So some familiar names, but ultimately, yeah, why, why Brandon Malone? Yeah, so the guy that they actually wanted to hire was uh, Jim Clemens, who was an assistant coach with the Bulls at the time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this was the Bulls, you know, in, in, in the Michael Jordan era. So you would imagine like the most successful team in the league, um, kind of like the Raptors when they won the championship. It's like a lot this of This is like the Pacers coaches. hiring Nate Bjorgren. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But but Jim Clemens, um, you know, according to to John, um, you know, they were like at the one yard line and like he just backed out because he he wanted to wait for a better job. Like he thought he could have a better job than expansion team. He actually Jim Clemens ended up going to coach in Dallas, but I don't think it worked out that well. Um, so they were actually without a head coach after they hired Isaiah. Like it was like just um, I think it was just like four or five months left until the start of the first season they were still without a coach. And like Brendan Malone had been an assistant coach in in Detroit. So he had that mm-hmm. connection with Isaiah. And um, what happened was they had a free agent camp and like he, he brought Brendan and a few other guys to come and just help him coach. And that was when he realized like he saw something in Brendan in terms of how organized he was and just the structure that he brought to things. Like he wanted someone who had that like, uh, mindset to be able to teach a young team like how to play defense you know hard work hustle all of that stuff um and brendan is most famous credited for coming up with the jordan rules right. which um people know is like oh like the pistons like defensive strategy of like stopping michael um in the playoffs what were the so, jordan rules Do you remember? jordan rules like they were very basic it's like if he was up top they would force some baseline and then send a second guy like it was just like it was just uh, like double what? teaming him at different spots on the floor and like not giving him space in the lane and just like fouling him like instead of giving him layups. But it became These like are just the core tenets of basketball. I know, but it became like so popularized because they shut him down in like a playoff series. All right, like fair. it became like because like he was Michael, right? Like he was like crazy. Um, but Brendan had right. like a crazy like defensive reputation. This ain't um, no boxing one. This is I'm, I'm just saying boxing one more <laughs> yeah, legendary yeah, yeah, than, yeah. than Jordan rules. So, so Isaiah and Brendan had a huge connection. Right. Um, so, so Brendan ended up coming in and it was crazy too in the book. Like I got to talk to Brendan um, and, and like not to jump ahead, but like I, Isaiah and Brendan didn't like end on good terms. Yeah. I was going to ask um, about that. In, in that first season and Brendan's still a little bit bitter about it. 
Um, but I also got to talk to to to, to Michael Malone, um, you know, mm-hmm. who's Brendan's son, and obviously coached the Nuggets. And you know, uh, you know, Michael Malone was telling me all these stories. Man, I just want to call him Mike Malone. Can he just allow us? Um, but no, like Michael Mike, Malone, man. white Mike yeah, Malone. Yeah. So Mike, you know, Mike was um, telling me about just like the trips he would take um, to Toronto during that first season to see his dad um, because he was coaching college at the time um, in the U.S. And he told me so many great stories about just his dad because like Brendan was like an assistant with the Knicks in the 80s and then the Pistons. Like, you know, um, Michael Malone was like remembering like just shooting around at Madison Square Garden and then like hanging out with like Dennis Rodman. Mm. in like the locker room after Pistons games and stuff. So the book goes into a little bit of their relationship too. Um, Literally the last update I did for the book before I went to the printers was in the epilogue saying that Michael Malone became an NBA champion. No, that's Um, super, that's super awesome. Cause I I remember even, I was at, I was at summer league and Mm -hmm. um, Rick Carlisle, who's the head of the NBA coaches association uh, awarded Brendan Malone um, with like the John Wooden lifetime achievement. Oh, that's right. I saw that. And uh, Brendan wasn't able to travel. I just imagine he was older and probably just didn't have the ability. But uh, Michael Malone was there to accept the award. It was very sweet. And he he spoke very glowingly about Brendan as well. Um, Yeah, we'll get into it. Not the easiest tenure for Brendan. Not the easiest job for him to get into. And probably not that well remembered for his play style by Raptor fans. But let's let's go into just the formation of the team. So very unique situation Um, with a new team coming in. There's an expansion draft. And so I believe the rules were that every team was able to protect eight players from their roster. So imagine every team has slashed their top eight. So in Toronto, for example, let's say the Raptors, if they were to do their expansion draft, they protect their five starters, which would be Scotty, Gary, OG, Pascal, Jakob. They protect Grady off the bench. They would definitely protect, uh, well, maybe they protect Dennis. Uh, I feel like they would protect Dennis. Precious, they protect Precious. So at that point, you protect your 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 younger players that you have some promise, and maybe you protect Christian. And so, like your first pick in the expansion draft might be like Dennis Schroeder or like you know Jalen McDaniels, for example, across the league. So the Raptors undergo the expansion draft. That's part of the reason why the roster was not so heavy on talent is because you're literally forced to pick from not the discards, but definitely like the bottom half of every roster across the league so walk me through like what the expansion draft looked like and what kind of guys the raptors ultimately end up getting from this process yeah so you know obviously the grizzlies came in with them as well um so spit right. of Grizzlies stuff in the book as well um because it's hard to kind of ignore their presence so they they did a coin flip basically and um the grizzlies won the coin flip and they got to pick to have the higher traffic in the nba draft and then give the first um expansion pick to to the raptors and you talked about them teams protecting eight guys um the other thing is like every team found these loopholes because like basically if you had a bunch of free agents on your team you know they didn't have to be part of the eight because like they were heading to free agency Mm, um so like there were teams that only ended up like having like one guy available um and i think you can only pick one guy from each team yeah, yeah yeah so each team could only lose like one guy Um, In fact, like the teams were trying to find so many loopholes, like like the Detroit Pistons, for example, ended up only making Oliver Miller available. And the Raptors Um, took him. Yeah. And the Raptors were so upset. Um, Like this is covered in the book, too. The Raptors were so upset. John, um, you know, John and then Glenn Grunwald told me like they actually were threatening to not be part of the process because they felt like 
like they hired lawyers and stuff because they felt mm. like like this these rules were just so detrimental like they were being forced to take on guys who other teams did not want right. and who had like pretty high contracts and the other thing too is being an expansion team they could only work with like 75 percent of the salary cap like they were not allowed to use the full salary cap yeah this is kind of um, stupid but yeah but, but all this opinion. is because all this is because like orlando came in and then they like drafted Shaq and Penny and suddenly went to the finals. And then all the owners got mad that yeah. like a team could come in and be so good. So they wanted to put in all these rules. But, but that also made you a basketball fan. Yeah. But like anyways, so you end up getting guys that are like at the end of the bench or old vets um, who guys don't want anymore or guys who were like recently drafted but are considered like busts. Hmm. So like a guy like okay. AC Earl, like he was drafted by Boston a few years ago but was already like on the bench. Um, or you have a guy like Willie Anderson, who was actually like one of the best players in the league, like in the eighties, but now he had like a couple of injuries and now you're not sure if he's that good. So the only good player they really got out of the expansion draft was their first pick, which was BJ Armstrong mm. uh, and, and BJ Armstrong uh, was on the bulls and he was made available because they were trying to shed some salary. So then they ended up trading for Dennis Rodman that summer. So like BJ Armstrong was like a starting point guard. And I think at yeah. the time he was making like 2.8 million, which at the time, like I know it's messed up now to think about it, but like that was a pretty high salary at the time. Um, to this guy was making like, Garrett Temple money. <laughs> no, but like the equivalent, like he was probably making like 30 million, like the equivalent of like 30 no, million. Man, that's no, nuts. but it was, the salary cap was like legit like 21 million or something. Um, <laughs> like it was wild. The salary cap was Daniel House. 21 21 21 yeah oh man they said 21 can you do something for me man but then famously too i talked to bj for the book and like bj did not want to be here like he did not want to come to this team so like he was literally on the bulls yeah and was asked to come to toronto yeah so like i can understand understand. yeah isaiah i mean isaiah drafted him just for um, for trade value like he knew that other t was going to get really good uh, a decent return he didn't actually end up getting a good return in the trade but like <laughs> he ended up he tried um he ended up like he, like bj never played uh, a game here. like like yeah, he came yeah he flew to toronto um you know got picked up by a friend of the program elaine kwan in in her 1990 honda civic hatchback and wow. then and then um, did a whole introductory press conference, took photo of the jersey, toured the Sky Dome, as it was called at the time. Um, but yeah, he he never ended up playing a game here. So, well, but yeah, they now, they got now he's a prominent got, agent. Yeah, but they got a lot of players who mm-hmm. who like just other people don't want. And and I mean, I guess the funniest thing is one of the players they drafted was named Doug Smith. Um, that is hilarious from Dallas. Yeah, so. Yo, real, put that on your hoop grid, bro. Doug Dallas, Smith. Toronto. Put Doug Smith on that. Dallas, Toronto, yeah. Toronto star, bro. Yeah, that, so the rarity you know, score Doug, on that's ridiculous. So man. Doug Smith of the of the Yale mailbag also featured in this book. Um, um, you know, he we yeah, had to laugh about that. That is pretty funny. Um, yeah, like what are the yes. chances, man? It's like if they drafted Eric Kareem. <laughs> like what? Like, imagine if there's an expansion draft now and they draft Lewis Zatzman. Well, the funniest thing is the Raptors did have Lou Williams, but uh, we'll just move on. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this has happened twice in the organization. Oh, yeah, that's All actually right. kind of wild. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think the best player on the Raptors in that season was pretty clear is Damon Stoudemire. Um, you got into a lot of his background. Um, I, I guess I'll just ask you, like, what do, what do you think made him so successful as a rookie? Yeah, um... I think he was just like a really good offensive player. Okay. Um, like even for his size, I think with his speed, with his shooting, 
Um, like he said it himself too. Like he wasn't the best defensive player, but that's not what he was brought here to do. Like I think he was mm-hmm. a twenty point per game score right away. Um, yeah. I think like you know he could shoot the three mid range game, get to the basket. Um, and, and no, tell know, me about shot. his one dribble pull up, his two dribble pull up. No, man. man, he he really he really lit in real life, man. He really balled a lot right now. But like shouts to Damon too. Aside from like talking about his story, like. You know, he obviously was coaching the Boston Celtics um, while uh, he was an assistant on the Celtics while I was working on this book. Um, and, you know, I was working on this book most of last season when when they made the run to the finals. And he clearly was not available um, um, during the season to really have long chats. But once the season ended last summer, like he was nice enough to just have a Zoom with me like every week mm, for like that's, two months. That's cool, man. Um, and for us to just like reminisce and he provided the the forward for this um, him and Tracy Murray, honestly, the most um, kind of outspoken guys and like most helpful from from the player side. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, Damon was a great, um, you know, was a great offensive player. Him and Isaiah had a great relationship, both being point guards. Isaiah was really a mentor to to a lot of these guys. And, you know, it was cool. You know, I think people know, like, you know, Damon getting booed on draft night and like all this stuff. Right. But it was really cool talking to, I got a chance to talk to his parents too. Um, and, and to be able to really tell Damon's backstory as well. I think that's one of the things. Um, the other thing with this book is like, when it comes to the players and again, it goes back to a team that won 21 games. It's like so many of these guys came to understand the meaning of what it was like to be the first, um, you know, first players to, to represent the Raptors. Yeah. Um, and, and the book dives into that too. And I think Damon came to understand that too. And maybe came to understand that honestly, a little bit later in his career, like after he went to Portland, bounced around different places, like with the perspective now he's able to see it. So uh, for right. me, it was just important to like flesh these guys out. Um, so then like, you know, for, for even day one fans who might've watched the Raptors back in the day, like I did, maybe you didn't know these stories about them. And especially for, for newer fans now, like you hear, bits and pieces about the the beginning of the Raptors. Um, but you don't really know these guys' stories. Like I just took it on as a responsibility in this book to tell those stories. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. And again, like we're not going to cover all those stories. It's kind of impossible to do that on this podcast, even though we're an hour three. Uh, but <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's fine, man. That's what it is. No, but I mean, like, I, I so Damon is the Raptors' first ever like star, and I, I mean, like, even though the Raptors were not successful as a team, like they didn't make the playoffs or anything with him here before he left, but like, it just undeniably a star. Like, even again, working with like pretty terrible rosters that were artificially terrible, uh, like. Look at his rookie season, man. 19 points per game, four rebounds, 9.3 assists, 1.4 steals, uh, shot 40% from three on five attempts per game, which is pretty rare back then. Uh, as a rookie who had to create most of his own offense, and like you even go through games like, okay, so I guess we'll talk about the, the game where they beat the Bulls here. Um, he had like 30 in that game, and he was like giving it to guys. And yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. I, I think it's really sweet that like, when the Raptors won the championship, Kyle Lowry's uh, uh, outfit for that cha- uh, for that uh, for that five hour parade ride was was a Damon yeah, Sotomayor throwback that was, jersey. That was just the ride, by the way, the five hours. Yeah, that wasn't well. even the full parade. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh boy! But like, it's kind of cool that like you know we we have this sort of like first ever star with Damon, and um, yeah, obviously he was the star in that game for Toronto at least when when Toronto upset. To Jordan's Bulls, but as you mentioned, like some some drinking might have been involved. 
Yeah, I mean, this is pretty commonplace, especially anyone who covers basketball to, yeah, to know okay. that. Like, especially when people come to Toronto, um, you know, the visiting teams and, and, and you know, the, you know, like they, they, they like to party here. Um, mm. But like Tracy Murray was the first one that tipped me off because like, you know, when I was talking about the game, he was he he was very close with Ron Harper on the Bulls, and then he right. OG he remember, Ron Harper. We're yeah, not talking he, yeah. Oh shoot, man, another Raptors connection. That's wild. Yeah, man. oh yeah, Ron Harper Jr. a book. Um, and then he, you know he he Tracy had come out because the game was played at like three in the afternoon that day. Um, and right. Tracy came out for shoot around, um, just to get some shots up. Now, mind you, he was at the party too the night before, but Tracy doesn't drink, so like he didn't drink. Um, mm. so he wasn't like hung over anything. He came out to get shots up and noticed there was nobody in the on the bull side warming. <laughs> so he like ran into Ron Harper and Ron. By Harper the way, was I've, like, I've seen that yeah. a couple of times this past season with yeah, nobody on the Raptors usually, warming it up. It was but, usually uh, when Nick Nurse gathered them for a for a you know screaming match in a video session. Uh, one one would say that's worse than drinking before a game. <laughs> yeah, but Ron Harper, he ran into Ron Harper and Ron was like, "Yeah, man, we're just all hung over in the locker room." Like, cause we didn't get home till like we six lit in, the in real life. <laughs> yeah, they were literally. You, you think about it, you get home at six in the morning. You got to be at the at the arena at twelve. Yeah, like yeah. at the latest. Yeah. Like, how much did you sleep? Uh-huh. Um, and then Tracy insists, like to this day, that like at least in the first half, like he could tell that that's why they were like a step slow. I mean, mind you, yeah, I don't have the box score in front of me, but like Jordan ended up scoring thirty eight points or whatever. Anyways. So I mean, it wasn't it's like MJ, was, bro. Come on. Yeah, like he wasn't. It's complete, like peak yeah. MJ too. Like. Yeah, but like I ended up getting to tell like a side story about how like that uh, that party on King West got organized. Yeah, um, of course it was just, on just King West. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely King West. Where were they at? Che- where, where they at Chibo? <laughs> they at Paris, Texas. Uh, but like <laughs> they had EFS yeah. the night before. <laughs> yeah, but before we get back to the game, like you mentioned, Damon too, like, like you All know, right, wearing the Kyle Lowry jersey. And like that book ends my book. Like Damon in the forward, yeah. he provided the forward. Like he talks about his relationship with Kyle, you know, yeah. when they were teammates in Memphis towards the end of his career. Yeah, that's amazing, um, man. Yeah, that's actually epi- an amazing yeah. piece of history. Yeah. And the epilogue ends with the Raptors, uh, you know, bus pulling in, like pulling in the parade and Kyle wearing the jersey just yeah. to like kind of connect those moments together like you mentioned um but like yeah damon told me a story about how the first time they played the bulls it was like the third game of the season like his third nba game and brendan malone was like drawing up plays and like before the game and then suddenly he just looked at damon like erased the plays and basically said yo i want you to just iso michael um for like the first three possessions and he said like that and like damon ended up scoring i think like 25 points that night and mm-hmm. Jordan, after the game, said that like they had no answers for for Damon, yeah. like like Jordan didn't want to guard him. Like I think he told Steve Kerr to guard him in the second half because he was getting nah. tired. <laughs> Why are you Kerr's asking like, Steve Kerr to yo, guard Kerr's him? Kerr's like what, man? I ain't no defensive player of the year, man. <laughs> yo, that's wild, man. Yo, you tell me, MJ asking for help from Steve Kerr? <laughs> yo. Yo, MJ might, so funny, based man. on that story, MJ might not be the GOAT. Um, but Damon was like, hearing those words from Jordan was when I knew I would like, belong. Like Draymond um, begging Steph for a switch. <laughs> yo, that's why. He's like, yo, Sean Livingston, man, come help guard KD. <laughs> yo, he asking Damian yeah. Lee for help. <laughs> Steve Kerr, defensive stopper? Yeah, yeah but then like, um, like, yeah, he put up a career high against yeah. the Bulls. And, like, the whole year, the Bulls, like, the Bulls always said they had no answer. And, like, mind you, this is an all-time defensive team. Oh, um, yeah. Like, the 72-win Bulls. Uh, people got to remember, too, Rodman wasn't in that game when, when the Raptors beat the Bulls. 
um because he had kicked a referee and was suspended like seven games mm. um so that probably made a difference but like yeah Their no I, I, are... I, though that game i'm sure people have watched it especially raptors fans i've even watched it man yeah. during the pandemic i did a whole react pod to i mean this, it so took I a whole this game very quickly. shutdown um yeah but, you know yeah but it is available even if you can't find it like it's on youtube mm. um like it's on youtube and like obviously we watched it a bunch of times um yeah, and just just wanted to do like kind of a, in the chapter, I ended up doing kind of just a last, like a fourth quarter kind of blow by blow through the perspective right. of like Brendan Malone, Doug Christie, um, Tracy Murray. So yeah, there's a lot of lot of lot of just cool like tidbits and stories, and I think that's the one main thing about this book. It's like I really wanted to challenge myself, even stories that I think people think they know. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring a different perspective to it. Yeah. No, man. I mean, there's there's all sorts of perspectives on here. Like, you know, we have the story of how the Raptors mascot um, landed the job. We have stories on obviously all the players, you know, Tracy Murray, Carlos Rogers, uh, Vincente Esposito. <laughs> no, man, come on, man. Come on, man. Who are these people, Vin- bro? Shout out to my guy, Vincenzo. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I had to track them down. It was hard to track those some of these guys down, but like Sean Tabaka, direct so like, positive. Uh, so like nineteen, so like nineteen guys. You know, obviously went yeah. on Basketball Reference. Like nineteen course, guys bro. played at least one game for the team. I better see a Herb season. Williams story in here. Yeah, so wasn't able to track down Herb, but Herb is definitely mentioned in the book. He, pl- he literally played one game with the Raptors, got yes, traded but- there. Want and then decided he wanted to go back to the Knicks. I guess this was before the rules were in place that you That's couldn't nuts. go back to. Why can't you just go back? What's the point yeah. of the trade? Yeah, but then I ended up talking to, uh, was able, obviously made efforts to talk to, track down everyone. Ended up talking yeah. to 12 of the 19 players who yeah. like played during that season. Obviously, Damon, Tracy Murray's huge part of the book, Oliver Miller, Jean Tabak. If people remember AC Earl scoring 40 points against the Boston Celtics, there's a whole chapter in there too wow. um, about that. Um, so yeah, just try to kind yeah. of service every type of story, um, that was in, that was like, that happened, that took place. Like basically the way you got I stories on the book. broadcasting crew lifestyle, man. Yeah. I wanted to show love. This guy got um, John Saunders know. in there, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, like, to John stories Saunders. about him, but yeah. No, obviously wanted to, to pay respects to John, um, stories about like, you know, how, you know, the Raptors even linked up with like CTV and like the new VR people remember watching games on there. Leo rounds, you know, obviously Paul Jones, mm. you know, the story of him um, yeah. and, you know, becoming the radio. Um, People don't know Rod, Rod Black was a true hooper. Oh, yeah. Rod Black, too, man. Um, yeah. Rod Black might legit be a true hooper. But yeah, the, the, the way I wanted to cover this book is just basically like a period from like 93 when they win the bid to like the end of the first season. Yeah. So like um, like for people that actually care, like I actually just use the online Toronto Star archive and spent like three months reading every single article in the sports section from Damn. January 93 to November 96. So that's Honestly, how I started my research. You know what? Res- respect to your grind. Cause again, like yeah. well, not to say anyone could have done this, but this is accessible to everybody, these ideas, you know? And I think that, uh, this is a li- like, obviously everyone, you got to put in the work and the amount of work Alex has put into this, this book. I mean, um, having, obviously work closely with Alex in the time that he was writing this book. I mean, it, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of, yo, I'm busy, little zoom meetings <laughs> off to the side, all this kind of stuff. Like he was just constantly doing this constantly. Tra- He'd be at Raptors games, just transcribing 
like just to interviews that he did with like Damon Stoudemire or this Esposito person. And, uh, <laughs> and you already disrespected Jimmy King in real life. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, Jimmy King. Also uh, featured in the book. Also featured in the book. Oh, God. Uh, but like, this guy would be at like Raptors Bucks, and the first quarter he's like, "No, I don't just I don't care what happens." Well, I'm it's just not gonna my fault. Scratch. The game was fifteen to one, <laughs> seven like, minutes in. The amount of work you put into this, but I think it's like I think like you said, like you, it's pretty clear that you felt this duty to like really do justice to this time period to like have, not even you know, not be yeah, a historian, if- but like to like accurately and like as in, in vivid detail. Uh, and also with as much interest as possible put into this, like that's what you were able to do for this this group of people, but also for, you know, fans of, of the Raptors who I think, you know, we deserve sort of this sort of like, you know, characterization of the game. Like you you look at the way that like historic franchises are covered. And I know the Raptors are not a historic franchise, but like there's like volumes of volumes of books that you can find on like Liverpool or like United or even like the Leafs, for example. There's mm-hmm. tons of books on the Leafs, right? And like we we get this kind of coverage now for the Raptors, it's a labor of love, but at the same time, it took a lot, a lot of labor to actually make this happen. So no, this I is, think my, yeah. this is important to me, man. Like this was important to me. I think like every yeah. project is important to me. And especially when you like write a book and you know that it's going to be obviously consumed by people and like consumed by people that are curious about the same things that you are like, it's a, it's a responsibility, man. Like, I think it's the same thing as when we do our show and like any content that you put out that, you know, there's an audience there, um, that care about the same things that you do like you know to be honest like i just i, I could not half-ass this like you know mm-hmm. like if you if you're gonna actually pitch the idea about doing a, a book about about the raptors and like doing a book about this particular era like you have to exhaust every single resource and you have to exhaust everything because like at the end of the day i think a lot of times when you're you know you're an author content creator and stuff you know, a part of it is like kind of self-serving, like like you want to satisfy, um, you want personal satisfaction from the work that you do, right? And I think the most important thing to me working on these projects, and especially this one, is to be able to sit here now, like when I'm talking about it, um, and be able to say that I'm like really proud of it. Like, um, like this is really the project that I'm most proud of more than anything else I've worked on. Mm. Um, in, you tell in me this ain't we the champs. Sorry, <laughs> come on, man. Same publisher too. Different <laughs> timelines, different type of book. Come on. Sorry, bro. I'm so sorry, man. Uh, I had to. I no, resist, but man. like, um, I mean, we the champs old crazy copies. Um, but I, like, oh, I know, um, man. Which is kind of funny. Uh, but like, um, yeah, no, like that part is important to me. I don't know if that sounds like cliche or like corny or anything like that, but it's like, yeah. And listen, man, you do, you rarely hear me talk about my work um so no like you but bro you deserve this man like no, but again, this is like, a different this is a different space for me in terms of like getting into the space of like really like pushing myself honestly to promote to promote the book in this way and like mm-hmm. to 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 be proud of the work and like not like not like run away from that like yeah it's, no doubt um like i'm i'm very proud of this book and like um yeah everybody please go go pre-order it man just go look up pre-order that's what i'm saying this this ain't an ad like this isn't this in like a sponsored segment like this is like i think this is squarely something that every single raptor fan would be interested in especially longtime raptor fans who again like want to like revisit that very very nostalgic period of their life but also even fans today because like again you get to see like common threads because sometimes i think about like you know, the, the old days, I'm like, yo, it, it's never going to be like that again. But like, you see a lot of themes in there that I'm like, like, for example, Isaiah and Brendan Malone just beefing because of players beefing minutes. over minutes. 
beefing yeah. over Damon's minutes because Damon Yo. was playing like 40 plus. Yeah. He <laughs> By was the way, the Damon Stoudemire as a Raptor yeah. averaged 41 minutes per game for three seasons. Yeah. 41. Yeah, no. It, yeah. it was wild. And like Brendan was trying so hard to win. And it was like, not like heartbreaking, but like listening to Brendan talk about it. Like he would share these stories about like, cause he hated losing and like, he didn't care that they were an expansion team. Like he had set expectations for them. And like, you know, like he, he told me he would be like really down during the season. And then to like, have to get the message from like the front office that they were trying to tank and lose. Right. To like, um, like he just could not handle that. So he just kept playing Damon. And, like, mm-hmm. one of the craziest things that I think comes out of that Bulls game is, um, like, like he only played seven players in that game. Oh, yeah. And the starters all played, like, um, pretty much 40-plus. And that was one of the most – that's still one of the most celebrated moments. But I, what people might not know is, like, Isaiah was pissed because, mm-hmm. like, Isaiah had conversations with him. And, like, that weekend, Brendan actually found out that he was going to get let go. Right. Um, like right and that was that big win. news. Like it was like in the press and everything. Like, yeah, like it was like too. a whole yeah. thing. Um, but like like Isaiah was not happy. Like he literally went to John's house and wanted to fire Brendan after that Bulls win. That's wild. Yeah. But to be fair, I'm looking at the minutes right now. Tracy Murray, 47 minutes played. <laughs> Yo, how did he sit one minute, man? <laughs> Damon Stoudemire, 46 minutes played. Right. Oliver Miller, 40 minutes played. I didn't think yeah. that was physically possible. No, shout out to Oliver, so, man. We we dive into. Oh, he got the like, game winning yeah. free throw. Yeah. Yeah. No, I talked to him and like you know we dive actually in, into like his eating problems and things like that too because like that mm-hmm. was a whole stigma uh, with him too. Like again, just want everyone to be able to like tell their side of the story. Yo, that's um, the thing. That, that's the cool thing too, man. I got to know these guys as people. You know what I mean? I, I wish I read the book before I met Jimmy King in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you lit in real I life. I would have been like, yo, man, from Plano, <laughs> Texas. Yo, that's wild, man. This guy giving him a strizzy intro. <laughs> this guy's like, yo, they don't play no games in Plano. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, no, but yeah, yeah like, I, I think it's it's all those things that you said. Like, you can see the common threads, right? Yeah. Like, and and... I think I think sometimes you got to think about it too. Is like you talk about like so much has changed now. Not not a lot of people from that first year is is still you know associated with the team, and obviously the ownership has changed. And the book um, dives into too like John's short tenure there and what happened. But like like this is all the foundation that was laid. Like you still yeah. see a version of the Nance Pack. Like you still see the you still way see that sixty somebody... seconds of madness. You still yeah, see yeah, you know yeah. Herbie. You still see the mascot. Like you yeah. still see and, a lot of people like, in the back this end. This is the like, foundation, right? Yeah. Like this is really the foundation, and ultimately, this is really to me the story of just all the people. Like it just goes back to you ask about like why cover that twenty-one win team. Like people ask me this, and it's like this is just about telling the story of these people. Yeah. Um, and even for the players, like for me, they were people. Like obviously right. they had a job to play, at, you know, be on the court and represent the team. But like one of the most emotional like story arcs for me was like Tracy Murray, like falling in love with the city. Like mm-hmm. it dives into the story of how like he couldn't get a single team to sign him in training camp until Isaiah just called and offered him a minimum contract, like literally like five days before opening night. Like he was right. just getting shots up in LA, getting ready to go to Europe. And like he gets a chance to come here. And like ends up becoming like one of the most improved players in the league to the point where he played himself out of a contract here. Right. Like the Raptors could only offer him a certain amount. And, you know, the the the, the book actually kind of yeah, before the epilogue, the book ends with with Tracy 
um, having to say goodbye to like the city of Toronto. And to me, that really defined that first year of like what it meant for people to come through the city um, and, and really be a part of the very beginning and what it, what it meant to them just as people and not just as like basketball players. Man, that's dope, man. That's mm-hmm. dope. Well, congrats to you, Alex. You know, uh, not as somebody who, you know, is just a Raptor fan, but as your friend, like, you know, congratulations on this. I'm happy that you've reached the point where you can just go on all these interviews now. And I hope everybody listening, TV podcasts, and I'm talking like national podcasts too. Like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of guys get, you know, uh, podcast tours, interview tours, like extend that same respect to Alex, because what he's done here is absolutely on par with all those people. Uh, and, and keep this man busy because I know the, the thing that he wants to do more of is, is podcasting. So no, man, interview also, him and, but more importantly, the, pre-order the, the book, man, pre-order the, the damn book, I man. Do, man. Um, I think, um, yeah, pre-order the book, man, you know, honestly, prehistoric. I try to, I try to, I keep saying this. I probably shouldn't say this. My publisher get mad at me. Like, I don't really care if you guys order the book, but no, I order just, the book. No, but I, I just wanted more for you guys. Like, I really, all I want is for as many Raptors fans to find out about this book. Obviously, if you're not a Raptors fan, if you're just a basketball fan, you can definitely consume this book. But, like, I just want as many Raptors fans as possible. So, like, if you, obviously, if you know, for people listening, you have your own friends groups, you have people who probably have special connections to the team, maybe from the very beginning. Just tell them about this project. Because, like, I just want as many people that, like, have a passion for this team to know about this project and hopefully be interested in reading about it. Because that's what I put this book together for. That's the people yeah. that, that I, that I want to reach. So That's dope, man. Prehistoric. Yeah. Pre-order it on Amazon. Let's get this man Charity on two platforms. All right? Yes. He, he, he lit on Chartables. <laughs> And he also no, lit on Amazon. Insane, that's so wild. <laughs> I want to see this man become the number one author in basketball in Canada. Yeah, and just all, books in Canada. No, it's all you good, man. I mean? You know, you know they pick and choose who they want to spotlight um, in this industry. Who's hashtag they, bro? Um, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know as, what? We, as, we as a reference our... <laughs> to your last podcast, man. If you're not primed up, I, I get primed up just for this, man. No, nah, but um, you know, they, they, this industry, any industry, they pick and choose who they want to spotlight and who they want to make a push for. But like, thankfully, we're at a space where we have our own audience. Uh, and and you know we 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 have we have people listening who are super super like dedicated to like the raptors and stuff so it's called vertical integration as, man no as long as i'm able to get the word out to these people like that's that's most important to me man yo if you're honestly i'm not i'm not even kidding this no we're doing this joke. for the seventh if time right now you we are cannot a be listener, promoting a book seven times if you are listening to our stupid james harden segment yo, thr- if you're listening to the no the james Gary harden seg- segment the james harden segment by the way that we keep referencing has been deleted it's a if you listen now nah, if you listen to the adam lynn segment yeah you need to buy this book all right yeah. like because again like you're not gonna regret it i promise you and, and if- i don't know what the price point is but it's worth it <laughs> uh yeah and if it's too inaccessible for you dm me for the the manuscript (laughs) no man if it's too accessible just buy the kindle version then you know what if it's inaccessible for you dm me i'll buy the book for you yo check the cover man this cover was by drake serial um like it's it's like it's like a really pretty book too to own Mm. um put it on your coffee you know table don't even read it just just have it just have it in your possession i don't even care if you don't read it man yeah, 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 yeah. I will sign yeah. unread copies. That's yeah. fine. And and, yeah, and this, there's 
We got but it's not, be like a Le- it's not gonna be a LeBron page turner, you know what I mean? No, He's not gonna got, be on page one of the Godfather. We we got a Chinatown bootleg Raptors Bulls tee coming. Um, oh we man. Got, we got a CCYA ninety five basketball camp tee that I'm having a friend design. Damn, I'm trying. I'm trying to put that Chinese flavor on all of this stuff too. And mm. you know, tentatively, we've got a book event at University of Toronto. Oh yeah, um, in October. Yo, with um, chapters, bring your man over. Let him yo, read to people, man. Yo, Indigo, let's go, man. Who else? Who else? The basketball kings in this city besides Cole? Let's go. Uh, yeah, let, let's let's. Cole's let's, still let's... around. Oh, shout out to Cole's man. Cole's still around. Oh, yeah, Cole's man. Bring bring <laughs> oh, out damn, bring, 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 bring Alex out there, man. We working with June Plum and Drake Cyril on Absolutely, a prehistoric man. new era cap. That's going to oh. be exclusive and an event in November. Am I going to get an exclusively created one? Probably not. No. You're probably going to get a regular size one. Um, I will, but I've I will seen squeeze them, my head into it. As, as I've your, seen as the mock-ups. Friend. I've seen the mock-ups and they look fire. Okay. Um, we've got in Vintage We Trust event. Mm. We're going to work with your boy Sahal, you know, the Play Forever team. Yep. Um, talk to some kids there. Charity, talk to bro. some kids at CCYA. Yep. Um, you know, for me, it's just like, using this opportunity to give back to man. I know we That's talk right. about this all the time, but it's yeah. like, it's like, I want to talk to the kids about if you, you know, if there's people in CCY, all these, all these places, U of T want to know more about like getting into this industry and stuff, all this stuff, like yeah. industry talk, all this stuff. So yeah, man, it's going to be good. All right. No, I feel like it's a lot too much on the schedule. So no, but uh, I, that's, you're going to be, gonna be busy for a good reason though. Cause again, October 24th, October 24th, and if you um, pre-order which, now, it'll arrive at your door as basically yeah. as soon as possible. So, just pre-order, know. pre-orders pre-order are, are, right are, now. are great for me. Oh, I'll reach through you, the microphone right every now. Time pre-order you this, this right now. It sounds bro. like you're threatening them. It is a threat, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a threat, right? It's that song on the on the Black Album. Yo, October. <laughs> yo, man, that's a hard one, man. Um, the um, Yeah, somehow the release, I guess, ended up being opening night, NBA opening night um october uh, 24th yeah so buy the book read it and then go watch um you know kd against the warriors at 10 30 at night don't know? even watch kd versus the warriors man just be <laughs> just in bed read with the book. the book yeah all right also you know, you know the raptors raptors you know the prospects for this upcoming season is not that exciting so you, you know it might, be, it might be cool to just revisit the past people always asking for good raptors content why not read about a 21 and 61 team <laughs> Yo, man, why? This is the worst promo that you've ever done. We were doing. They might so be twenty-one and sixty-one in both yo. in real life and in the book, man. <laughs> yo, yo, that's wild. Man. It's like watching Harry Potter and reading Harry Potter at the yo, same and, time. And the other, and the other thing, too, is like you know, if you run into me and Will and you got a copy of this, you can get this signed. What am I signing, man? My no, own, Will, my you can my sign review your, of the book. You can sign your blurb uh, in the back. Yeah. You know what? I will sign the blurb on I the got, back. I got right? no problem. Um, I'll sign super will small, man. As a as a promotional vehicle, man. Yo, man, you want me to book. you want me to wear yeah. the tees on air? I will do no, it, he's, man. No, 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 no. He's gonna come to every event because we're gonna have a Will oh. booth. We're gonna Why? have a special Will booth. I don't even and, know who Esposito and, is. Yo, and U of T, stop saying his name. <laughs> Stop saying his name. Who is this guy? You've man. said his name differently six times. The respect, respect of it. I didn't even mention I interviewed Samuel Jackson for this book. Okay? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel Jackson Again, but, was a first super fan. Yeah, you gotta read. You gotta read the book to know the whole story there, man. And he brought a Raptors duffel bag, which he referenced in the Quentin Tarantino movie Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. And we told the whole backstory of that too. It's right here in my Raptor bag. 
Yeah, that's right. I don't know if okay, that's great, uh... Samuel L. Voice. Yeah, all right, thank you. No, thank you. I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, anyways, if you I don't want to listen... see no monkey flipping snakes <laughs> on this no, mother flipping plane. If you, <laughs> these are awful. awful. No, this it's tough right now. It's it's two thirty. We wrapping up soon. Say what again? Say what uh, again? <laughs> no, come on, man. What are we doing? Um. Yeah, I forgot my train of thought. I think I was gonna make yeah. a Samuel L. Jackson joke. Oh, sorry. No, if you, if you can them. listen, if you can listen to Orin and Lee Ban, um, you know, talk about <laughs> bodily functions, you can pre-order prehistoric. Yo, on Lee Amazon Ban. Canada. Lee Ban and Orin, free copies are coming to you. All right. If you and the you guys are all on the list, man. Everybody's oh, okay, nice. already on a media. I gonna have a release party influencer list yeah i guess i'm having a bunch i mean the uft one is supposed to be no but like, like you a know big event. we'll have one at vintage we trust we're setting one. Oh, nice nice yeah, yeah let's do it man as well but um, that's when i bought my japan uh sweater or jacket oh last time. yeah that's right that was yeah. fire you know they got a pokemon hat in there right now what yeah man the last two times i mean last time i was there with elaine i was like damn should we just pick this up for will but like it's a regular size hat is the problem though. Otherwise, I would have scooped it for you already. Yeah, wow, damn. But it's like you don't, you can't like I can't buy you a hat. It's like but a you know, with, with Pokemon, there's literally like a million things that you can buy that they like turn into like plushies or yeah, like yo, you got books me right now buying or like I'm gonna be buying Pokemon for pet. you and my nephew. Like, how does that even work? Uh, let me help you shop for your nephew. I think that's the next that's the next step in this because I feel yeah, like they, I could definitely advise. Well, he's a Shohei. My 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 younger nephew is turning nine like next week, and he's a Shohei Otani stand now because he's like a huge baseball head. Oh, okay. So I bought yeah. him an Otani Funko Pop, man. That's sick, man. Is it sick? Funko Pops are sick, man. He also wanted a Davis Schneider jersey. I'm like, this is like a Jalen Harris jersey. Don't get it. Wow. Like, Wow! No, how dare like, you disrespect Dave, Dave, Davis? Davis Dave Schneider? Schneider? Dave? Yeah, yeah it's Davis, well, man. Why does he have a mustache like that? I don't know. You know what? Bring mustaches that's, back. That's Riz Plus. Mustache only work for certain people, man. No, mustaches work for everybody. What are you talking about, man? If you roll with a Davis Schneider mustache, maybe you should do that for season three, man. Uh, season three. Yeah, after I, I, I just jokes. looked in the mirror in my office, and uh, I do not have the coverage for that. We about to we about to recreate that final Avon Stringer scene. Hey, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? We just did forty <laughs> minutes of promo on the pod. Yo, why are we slipping, man? <laughs> uh, Yo, we cannot yeah. record at this late hour. So All okay, right. so final final yeah. recap. Um, there is no James Harden segment. Why we man? apologize? We're actually deleting it. Yeah, so it's good. We start with the we start with the eighteen minute preview for no reason. All we right. go straight into Raptors news and All the right. old mailbag. All you right. do your Team Canada recap, and then we did prehistoric. That's a pretty good like. What if we did the, the James, James Harden, Harden thing doesn't fit at the in. very end? At the very <laughs> like end, right just now atta- as an we just stuck it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No man, yo, we're fine without the Harden segment. Mm. Just, you know just listen. Just listen to the producer, man. Thank y'all for being on this ride with me. You know what? Here you go, two more. <laughs> yo, we're not doing... Yo, James Harden legit is a deluxe album bonus track. <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to do. We've agreed to delete the Harden segment. Uh-huh. If anybody wants... It's not James... good, man. No, if anybody wants the James Harden cut, hit us up. We'll send you like the 18-minute file. <laughs> That's the... There's no need for this, man. But we're cutting Harden. 
Ah, fine, fine. I guess we're cutting hard. So technically, then we're under three hours then. Yeah, that's great. Why does it have to be three hours? We That's our brand now. No, there's no, that's not our brand. This is, this is our, suffering. Yeah, our brand is suffering partially. No, no. I, I need yeah. to know. All right, before we wrap up. Um, yeah. What's who up? else could you do a three hour pod with? I guess like Assad probably. Uh, yeah, definitely with Assad. I mean, honestly, at this point, like probably most people, I think, I, I think honestly, I, I feel three like I've just gone better at converse. Like over the weekend, I was, I was at a party for, uh, with a friend and, you know, I realized at, at, at bars and stuff, all you really do is have random conversations with random people. There's just like little form groups form. And then you kind of get squeezed out of this convo or that convo. You go to get a drink. You used to watch them. I'm back out to jump into new convos with strangers. This guy's like, literally describing hanging out. <laughs> yes. Yo, right. dying, He's like one dribble left, one convo to the right. <laughs> what are we doing? Man? You're one dribble. Yeah. So anyway, I, I typically I'm not good at these situations or historically I'm not good at these situations. Sure. But I was like scooting home, you know, as one does uh, on Dundas, yeah. just on my scooter. And I was like, you know what? I actually did a decent job of this. Like, I actually, I don't think I did it well. I don't think people are going to go home and be like, wow, you know, I had a, such a riveting conversation with Will or about this and that. But I think, yeah, I've got to the point where I could have like long conversations. Bro, you literally have conversations for a living, man. I know, but this is not a good skill of mine in real life. Like, I'm, I'm not like, a, no, I feel like I'm we're not making, that social. I feel like know? we're making fun of that like last year or something but i've actually had several people several several sources um come directly to me and and say that you know you have improved um socially (laughs) and and say that i feel so good about that man (laughs) yeah no and that like there's like they don't understand why we ever say that you're awkward uh so like sources have come up to me after like live events and stuff well that's good, man. That's yeah. that's good. No, but these are mostly uh, like just listeners and stuff. You know that. You know what? I respect yeah. that. I appreciate no, that, man. But like, you literally have conversations for a living. That is true. I, I think sometimes if I imagine it as a podcast, I have an easier time convers like having conversations with people. Yeah, but I also think like on a podcast, you like you know you got to like turn it up a little bit, so it's like a little yeah. different. I think that's basically the the missing part. I typically don't like my energy. My energy is usually not that great even on air. But man, if people could hear the pre <laughs> the pre coming on air energy, bro, you were. This guy's you always a, begging like, me. You were a zombie, man. <laughs> You're like, please. Can you just turn up? No. It's like worse than Orn, man. If you're worse than Orn, you can't be on air. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do the stupid Orn. No, I knew you were sorry, almost going to do I'm sorry, it. man. I loaded up and I, I pumped fake. Um, no, yeah, I was, no, you know, so. I'm such a sickle. I pulled up Bass for Reference to maybe do a Bass for Reference. And I was like, what am I doing, man? We're not no, doing No, that. no, no, no. I'm, 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 we I'm actually don't have the energy for that. So, well, I feel like the basketball reference era is over, man. What do you mean? Like it's over. Like we got to. We have run. actual content now. No, but like it was a good. Well, then game. what are we doing? <laughs> what oh, do you okay. mean? Like we're just talking, man. There's so many players we haven't guessed, man. I know, but like, Dang. I feel like we've gone through it. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. At one point, I asked you to guess Tornique Shangalia for yeah, content. Yeah, I still and, have uh, no idea what happened there. Yeah. Yeah, well, That's, you know, yeah, big news. So, I think he's leaving uh, uh, so, Virtuous Bologna. We were also, we had a whole that, Virtuous that, Bologna era on the, on yeah, the Raptor show, you know? No, but before we wrap up, since we did an 18-minute um, setup to this episode up top, mm. we should also do a on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. So the right. schedule is coming out this week. I believe 
ESPN's doing like a whole show around it. Yeah. This week. So when the schedule comes out, I guess we should do a pod. Why are they just teasing something that's just going to happen? Like, I know. They're I guess like it's like the draft, too. You know, okay, I'm so, like, just, just tell me who everyone drafted, and then I'll but, look it up. Like, But this year, they're like, oh, um, we're also going to announce the in-season tournament schedule. It's like, wow, I can't wait to see when Toronto plays Orlando on a Tuesday, but for the tournament. Like, I mean, what what do you want from me? I Yeah, I'm really curious to see how this thing is going to work out, because I, I I was listening to uh, Pound the Rock with uh, friends of the program, um, Joe Wolfon, who was also at this bar. And we talked about Ultimate Frisbee and, and, and uh, tennis because he was coming straight from tennis to, to this thing. Oh, yeah. Didn't the, I have the, a the, long Ultimate Frisbee combo with Wolfon on Stephen LeBron Radio? I, I, I told him about that episode, too. And I told him that was my favorite episode because there were actually multiple people there who had actually appeared on the series, the hit series, stuff white people like on the Stephen LeBron Radio podcast. And I told him that his was my favorite. Uh, because it genuinely yeah. was because he kept apologizing for everything but well, anyway, he just Wolf- seemed he just seemed frightened to be white like on the episode no but because your setup was like you're like so on this list you have um toyota prius uh, can you tell me about <laughs> toyota prius and then wolfon will be like oh, you know you know well you know it was at a time where you know environmentalism was a very strong factor in <laughs> our like, society he's like man and- camping was just fun man like we just like camping <laughs> you're like you're like so, Joe, it says here you like portaging. Can you tell me what that is? And he's like, oh, man. He so strange. It was a period of my life where, you know, I just had to cross a section of land between two bodies of water. And so we would take the canoe. By the way, I asked him about that. The longest he's portaged, the distance-wise, is 2 kilometers, 2.5 kilometers, which is just absurd to me that he carried a canoe for two and a half kilometers. No, that should be. That just should to be do a, more canoeing. At, at that point, that should be an Olympic event, I feel like. So I'm saying, like, what maybe are we it already doing? is an Olympic event, to be honest. Maybe he does need to apologize for these. Anyway, uh, Wolfon was talking to, to Cash on Pound the Rock about why they mm. actually really liked the, the NBA Cup and all this other kind of stuff. So, um, or the Stern Cup, whatever they're calling the thing. Um, but uh, this is I'm an old episode. It's gonna work out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I can't reference all the episodes of Pound the Rock. <laughs> I'm referencing a 2020 episode from the pandemic, man. I'm just saying, I feel like I listened to that one like three weeks ago. Yeah, well, regardless, um, yeah, yeah I'm curious stern, to see how it's going to go out because, cup. like, it's to me, it's just like again, the comparisons of, to, to soccer just says, I don't think hold up, man. There's like different tiers of the cups, there's different like upset potential, like, it's just totally different. And also, soccer is fundamentally a game where upsets can happen because it's very low scoring, like, any team could lose one nothing. No, but you know here's I mean? the thing, like, like no you team... can't conceivably yeah. have a G League team come up and beat the Charlotte Hornets, like. Like the equivalent of one nothing in basketball that doesn't exist in basketball because there's so many like events that take place in basketball all at the end of scoring and so over the course of a hundred possessions you're gonna see which team is better. No, but here's the thing too is like when you're talking about Champions League and stuff. No, we do like, a pound the rock. Uh, <laughs> cosplay at the end of the pod is disgusting. Man. Yo, this is this being, an ep- this being an epilogue is so funny. Um, but like. When you think about Champions League, like obviously these teams are like tailoring their like roster decisions, everything to like winning yep. those games, right? Yep. That's the Champions not... League is actually more important to a lot right. of franchises right. than the actual domestic competition. Right. Yeah. That is not going to be the case for the in-season tournament. Like if Scotty Barnes is fighting an injury and it's an injury that he could play through in a playoff game, but would not in the regular season, and they're like they need to win like their group stage game against Orlando. Mm-hmm. on a friday 
he's going to sit that game. Like, there's no importance. There's, like, no amount of importance to an in-season tournament game that would make teams, like, make roster decisions to, like, go for it. And that's the major difference. Like, guys are still going to be on the injury report. If that's a rest day for, like, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, like, they're going to sit. Like, if that's a third game in four nights somehow, like, players are going to sit. So, like, I just don't see how they're going to attach any importance to it. I think what would be cool long-term is if the NBA was able to develop, like, a farm system. And then you have a lot of the developmental prospects play each other in these games. And that's the core feature. Like, that's actually what, like, I like about the Carabao Cup or FA Cup sometimes. It's just, like, I get to see Liverpool play their 17-year-olds and see what's coming up in the pipeline. And sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's not. Uh, but A, it evens the playing field a little bit more. And B, like it gives me a different reason to watch something that I know objectively is lower stakes. So if the NBA actually had developmental systems and we're seeing that go head to head, that's kind of interesting to me. You know what I mean? But yeah, alas, I, uh, yeah. I was I was also like, I understand how they pulled the groups, like in terms of like, I guess, like the strength of the teams. Mm. Like they, they like pulled obviously like the best teams and the medium teams where it seems like, why didn't you just do it by the divisions? Like, yeah. if you're trying to create some kind of rivalry, like I think I'd be more interested. Yo, if bring it was back like divisions. No, like it's been I like too divisions. long. We've yeah. we've got to circle back to divisions. Like, if it was like an Atlantic Division, like league or something, mm. like uh, in the group play, like at yeah. least you're super familiar with these teams. I want to see these teams represent the Atlantic too. You know what I mean? Like they walk right, up, they're wearing now Atlantic you're randomly, jerseys. Yeah, but now you're randomly telling me like we're playing Orlando and like Brooklyn or whoever. Like it's just such a random mix of like teams. Yeah. Well, like I don't know, man. You know who I, fi- I figured out who's going to be the most motivated to play in this tournament? Yeah. Jeff what Dunn. All right, man. 500K he's, on the line? If he's still on the roster. Yeah, my, but that's, that's my other thing. But it's like he should be on the roster competing for this. They need better incentives too. Five hundred K is good incentive. You don't you don't think so? I mean, for us, yeah. But um, like, but you remember, like, there's like, in, like, in certain players' contracts, like, you incentivize, you got a bonus for hitting like forty percent on threes. Yeah, I remember sure, like sure. Mo Harkless hit was at forty percent on threes and he just for the didn't season, shoot. and then yeah, didn't shoot for the rest of the season. Yeah, from three. Like, yeah. if that's how much five hundred K is moving you, then maybe it'll move you in this way. You know. But it's like for the viewer. How much is that moving you being like, oh, these two teams are fighting for 500K? I mean, if it just makes the games more competitive, even if they're just regular season games dressed up, like that is a net win. But yeah, like if I mean, Portland I don't know. is playing Charlotte in like the in season tournament final, like, okay, so something has severely gone wrong in the NBA. Yeah, if that, I mean, if that what's gone wrong is that the real teams have tanked or don't care about those games. All right. But like, how exciting is that supposed to be? I don't know. I might have plans that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're playing. So like, you know, well, you can see. If, Scoot if, versus Brandon Miller, I guess. No, I you know. can see if Nick Nick Richards um, can can earn an extra 500K. No, nah, I ain't no way you say Nick Richards, man. <laughs> is it Nate? <laughs> I no, don't know. It's, no, it is Nick Richards. Oh, okay. There, we got it. Yeah. I Secretly can't say Jamaican Jonathan Williams because he got waived. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Even though he was playing 45 minutes a game for the Portland Show Blazers <laughs> Yo, at the he end. He really was. He was their Damon Stoudemire. He, he um, was their Jalen Harris, man. <laughs> no, man. But like, I, I mean, I would love to be, I would love to be wrong, but I don't yeah. see any excitement about the in-season tournament. Yeah. I mean, the like, tournament result itself, I think it's very TBD, but I do think that if it makes regular season games more competitive, it is a net win. And I just, I, again, my thing would just be, I actually want to see a way to. to 
for it to be differentiated as a product, but but like why are all... we talking about the NBA Cup at two forty seven a.m. Because we were because we were teasing on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. So oh the yeah, schedule right, right, right. Okay, it's coming yeah. out. Right, and then and then we're scheduled to talk to Tracy Murray because we mentioned a lot of the Raptors are going to be in town. Yeah, that's so right. We're gonna sit down with Tracy Murray for for an interview later in the week. You're well. gonna have to like you're gonna be the lead playmaker on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a rundown ready. Um, yeah, we won't be, be doing this. You'll be Damon Stoudemire. I will be what uh, if, Esposito. What if we? What if Esposito. we did? We should do a yield mailbag with Tracy. <laughs> or imagine if we just took questions. Um, what do you mean, just, man? And I was just like, "Hey, Tracy." Um, which dumpling do you think Pascal Siakam is? No, man. What are we doing, man? Tracy's actually a super personable dude, so I think it'll be super All cool right. to talk to him. So cool. Um, I yeah, I will look up some resources. Yeah, I will this... reread your book on the section on the no, Tracy Murray. You'll be fine. Um, uh, you don't like the right. prep, man. So this, uh, I, I think that's it. So, so that's what we for... have. We have a schedule release, and we got Tracy Murray coming on the show this week. We got you another banter pod this week. Oh, I believe and... Vivek. Aren't you trying to talk to Vivek Jacob as well? We are also trying to talk to Vivek Jacob as well. Maybe we'll do four shows this week. Honestly, I don't know. Here's the You're thing: doing I, four I'm, shows in the midst I'm, of August. I'm technically off, but like, I think people still need content, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, send us a. Actually, don't. We're fine. Um. What? No, I was gonna say send us uh send us episode ideas, but we're fine. No, we don't, we're not down we'll, that bad, man. No, we'll handle this in house. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So we'll catch you on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. All right, all right. Find out if Goku will reach Super Saiyan three that's, on the next that's episode of Dragon Ball Z. Episodes on Namek, but. <laughs> all right, bro. Right, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe to the program. Five stars for. One stop. Uh, this effort buy the book man i swear i will i will find you if you don't buy. no i won't find you but like you, you honestly you should buy the People book just for your own you, good man. buy the book find the book and find, find me find alex get him to sign it but seriously it's, it's worth everybody's time wherever you subscribe to the podcast and uh yeah we are so tired <laughs>